Sanchez Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bang! Oh! Oh, get it for the win. Got it! He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. Yes! The magic of 360 turn with the dribble. Magic down the middle. Gets underneath the worthy. Slam dunk. Third in the corner. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper for another night of 2022 NBA playoff recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow follow me on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode, I told y'all I was going to be doing joint lives very soon, and I was able to return the favor. He was nice enough to have me on his show. My man, oh, the great from the High Off the Glass podcast, a Celtics fan, and one of my favorite people to talk with on my hoop space. Um, oh, the great. Welcome to the show, man. What up, Dunny? What up, Dime? Yo, Celtics in the building, y'all. Let's get it. What's up, man? I'm, I'm, thank you so much for doing this. You blessed me with coming on High Off the Glass. That was so dope. You asked me to come back, man, and I great. Uh, you asked me to jump on your joint, and I felt honored to do that because I love that first joint live you did with Nelly and them. That was dope. You know what I'm saying? Your your shows are, you know, educational, inform, uh, um, you know, a lot of information. Dude, I'm just happy to do it, and you give some entertainment, man. So, you know, Hell I'm yeah, happy to get with you, so you're right on. Shit. So before we before we get into the first game tonight, so we're going to definitely be talking about all three games that happened tonight, and then... I didn't get to watch the Philly-Toronto game much, so I'll only talk about, I guess, the ending of that. I don't know if you saw that, but we'll also be talking about the Celtics mainly. I know you guys want my thoughts on that. The best series by far. I said it in my lives, man. The Every series is is solid, but the Celtics-Nets series is like right. It's a, it's a tier above. That, and, that, that series right there, man, has been like, shit, I don't want it to compare it to like, you know, that classic shit from the 80s or 90s, man, but it's it's been the, la- it's been the greatest series I've seen maybe in the last about five to 10 years. Like this, this is, and, and it's the first round. Like you wish this was the Easter conference finals. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It sucks that we got to get this in the first round, but we've had uh, matchups like that in years past. Like, Oh, why couldn't, why couldn't, uh, uh, what is it? Clippers versus Fakers be in the Western conference finals or Phoenix versus a uh, golden state being a web, you know what I'm saying? But I get how it is. It's, yeah. This, this, it's been amazing, man. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stop you right there because you're on a you're on you're on enemy territory right now. So obviously I'm a Clipper fan, but my following is a lot of Laker fans. So oh, it is. It's a lot oh. of Laker fans, man, over here. So I, I okay. pander, you know, I'm a pander to LA LA crowd. So you got to give me uh your background as a as a as a Celtics fan, how you became a Celtics fan, and the Fakers. You know, you you're coming on here with heat. So explain. I'm coming on with much heat, bro. Okay, look, I'll give it to you. You got to answer me this real quick, though. You be giving them heat is just as well because they deserve it. So uh, why do they listen to you? <laughs> they know, you be giving them that fire, but they know it's the truth. But the difference is I'll give them their props when the Lakers play well. Like the reason why I got my following a little bit too is because when they won the bubble championship, I was honest they were the best team and they they played yeah. the best. They got yeah. the job done. So, they did. They did. So yeah, they're they, bubble uh, champs. They're bubble champs. Big Bubble City, like uh, like the show my daughter used to watch when uh, when she was little, Bubble Guppies. I'm mean, that's what. Oh my goodness, that's what I'm gonna call them. I'm gonna call them Bubble Guppies. That's it. Fakers, aka Bubble Guppies. What up, y'all? Okay, I'll just mess with y'all. Yeah, look. drop some comments, people in the live. Drop some comments. But tell us about the Celtics, though. I mean, how'd you become a Celtics fan? Give us the history before we get right, into it. 
It's real quick and easy. Um, I ain't have much of a choice. I'm from Springfield, Massachusetts. And where I'm from, coming from, you know, that's who you root for. Now, the crazy part is my mom's who introduced me to the game of basketball. She couldn't stand the uh, Celtics. She thought they were the white team and they, they were racist and she couldn't stand them this, that and the third. But I loved them. I love the colors of their jerseys. I love the the uh, the team play. I love the the the, the what is it, the star player we had in Larry Legend, and I love the, the what is it our point guard who I don't know was black. Oh yeah, and our black head coach. Like I never understood how, why she would say that. And then when I grew up, how people would say how the Celtics were so white and all this. And the third, we had a black head coach, and our star center was black, and our star point guard was black. So I never understood that. So always loved them. Uh, despite what my uh, my mother trying to get me to like them nasty bad boy Pistons, no, I couldn't do it. You know, so I ro- I rolled with uh rolled with my Celtics, and that was basically it. in the nineties. It was rough. Uh, it was really rough. You know, I was I was definitely Bulls fan because uh, what is it? Goat was goat. So I was Celtics and Bulls. You hopped off the okay. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, never left it. Never left okay. the bandwagon. We were trash. We were trash, and I still so just root, root for the Bulls and the Celtics were eliminated. Basically, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And when they would meet each other in the playoffs. I knew it was coming. Bulls are going to kick our ass, but it was all good because I love them. But that was basically it, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm from there. And, uh, you know, it's the heated rivalry. The the one thing that I love about, about the TV show that, that's out, Winning Time, it shows when the Lakers were the Lakers. Now, I look at them now like they're the fakers. But back then, that's when they were the Lakers. So you got to give them their props. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that's how, and, and what, I'm a Celtic fan, so that's the rivalry. It was always like that. Every It don't matter if it was when I was a kid. Dude, they would the, – the, the C's and the Lakers would get into fights in preseason games. Preseason, Don. Like, yeah, they, it that. was like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that. it is. What Cornbread said, if I saw a Laker on, on fire, I wouldn't piss on them to put the fire out. He said that. I wouldn't piss on him, so. you. Got man, you got. I miss rivalries, man. I miss rivalries. Nothing like Lakers Celtics back in the day. Were the 2010 Lakers and 09 Lakers Fakers or Lakers? Uh, the oh, the, the 2010 ones, the the, uh, the Kobe Kobe less Shaq ones. Yes, they were definitely Fakers. Matter of fact, it's like wow, this. Wow, really? To me, to me, every to me every uh, 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 Laker era after the 80s, they're Fakers. The Shaq and Kobe are fakers. Fakers, early two thousand fakers. They were just what, just two, two super dominant dude. And look, look, when I say fakers, right? Don't get me wrong, a uh, 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 Laker Nation. And I'm done talking about y'all because y'all not in the playoffs. So I'm done talking about these cats. We are gonna jump onto this real, <laughs> to this real series, which is Nets, uh, uh, Nets, Brooklyn versus Boston. But y'all were dominant, you know, early two thousand when it was Shaq and Kobe. You had two of the dopest cats ever. I'm not gonna, you know, say I don't know how dope y'all were, but y'all they were still fakers to me. You know, that's that's all there was to it. And no reason they could have had they could have had six, seven championships if they could have figured it all out. And I'm saying I'm so glad it 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 blew up in, it, internally <laughs> because they could have dominated the league for hellas. Fair enough, but they still. I mean, winning three championships isn't easy. You know, it's only the Chicago Bulls, your Celtics, and the Lakers that have done that. True, true, but I mean, look at who they went through. Though they went through a through a Nets team that wasn't strong, big enough to deal with them. You had a, a Indiana team who what all they had was Rick Smith and, and Reggie Miller. Reggie needed another star on that team. They didn't really. I'm not gonna front. They went through some a good, two Nets teams in one Pacers team. They didn't really go through too the much. Sixers, no, the finals competition wasn't great, but the West they played in. You got to get there was yes. all really some. Really, there was a gauntlet West. You know, Portland was a tough team. The Sacramento Kings, the Spurs, Mavs. <laughs> And that's why that's another reason why I call them fakers as well. Because it, it let's think about it, Don. In them series, who should have won? Portland or Fakers? We know Portland should have won because they got played. Can't, can't you say the same thing about the Bulls that they should have won almost all their series in the Eastern oh, Conference as well? 
No, because the Bulls, you know what? You know why? Because they never went to a seven-game series. Only time they went to the seven-game series, like, once against Reggie. In the 90s, when they were dominant, it was Reggie in, like, what, 98, the only time they went to a seven-game series. Other than that, go into that shit real quick. Five or six. 2001 Lakers, 15-1. and one. 2001 Lakers were 15-1. and one. They dominated everybody. Okay, I feel you on that, but still – they got they got helped out by the NBA in those Sacramento and Portland series. They just did. Why are we talking about them? They're not in the playoffs. You and me can go. You and me can go all day long. But For real. anyway, let's go with the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves first. So everybody knows that I've been watching this series very closely, and obviously you knew Game Three when it's a one-one series is is a toss-up. You know mm-hmm. who's. Anyone, any it's a big game. Whoever wins, it changes the momentum of the series for sure. Did you have them? I don't mean to cut you off, Don, but did you have it. Minnesota jumping out there and getting that game one victory? No, I didn't. I, well, I mean, I have the Grizzlies in six, the order of which who wins what games. I didn't have uh, predictions pre game. Okay. So as long as I, I'm still going to stick with my pick, I'm even more confident in my pick after tonight. Right. So Minnesota tonight came out and gave the Grizzlies the first punch. It was a hard one. Right. Patrick Beverly affecting the game in all ways, both ends of the court, and going at John Morant. John Morant, I talked about it last two, two nights ago with the going at Patrick Beverly a little bit or smaller guards and making the too small sign. Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly gave him a little taste of his own medicine early on in the game. Right. And John Morant, I mean, it, it's interesting to see him, people going at him. He's showing a little weakness. He's not very good at defense so far. He's and not. then, yeah, and then you also saw just the Wolves are very – streaky and we saw that tonight big time they hit a lot of threes in the beginning or they were feeling it jump shot wise Mm -hmm. and i mean the score after the first quarter was ridiculous the grizzlies just looked rattled like john morant was turning the ball over he was one thing i noticed they were trying to force him baseline and john loves to do that thing where he swiftly changes direction trying to go downhill at the big man and they were bringing in an extra guy from the weak side basically swarming him in the paint We're, we're seeing a lot of teams swarm certain star players and they get in the paint and giving up the open threes uh, in these playoffs, and the Wolves led 39 21 after one. Did you catch any of the first quarter tonight? I did catch the first quarter, and the one thing that, that noticed that I noticed to me is that uh, I almost expected them to uh, shoot the lead up faster because they were making shots that they normally don't make. I mean, D'Angelo's coming down looking like damn Steph down there. His shots are dropping. What is it? Uh, 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 what is it? Towns are not giving him the ball, but it seems like every else, everything else from Minnesota is working. Pat Bev is, is looking like, you know, <laughs> like a damn superstar out there. His offense is clicking. It's just they're getting shots that they normally don't get. But then the second quarter, it, 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 it seems like they kind of slow down a little bit. I don't know what it, it, you're kind of right. They're very streaky with Minnesota. I want to blame. It's like, I, I want to blame a, a youth and stuff with, with cat and all that, but damn bro, you've been in the league what nine years now. So we almost passed that D'Angelo been in the league what seven years now. You know what I'm saying? Well, what? Yeah, yeah. Seven, yeah that's correct. Seven years. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, we almost can't say age no more. And it's, I know that coach is inexperienced. I think he could use – he probably needs a little more seasoning. So hopefully maybe next year they'll 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 look a little bit stronger. I think it's just – I don't know if Minnesota gets gets a – I think they just get ahead of themselves. And they, they get those leads and they get comfortable. And it's just like you, you see them in the, in the first quarter, like they're hitting shots. They're, they're looking good in shots they normally don't make. And in the second quarter, Memphis creeps back in it. And it's not from Ja. 
Because Ja don't have Ja has finishes with 16 points, and most of them were at the line. Like, Duke, he needs to develop a shot that he can depend on when the game gets tight. When the game gets tight, all he knows how to do is just drive to the bucket. Like, that's all he does. I mean, and all you're gonna do is end up on your ass like he did most of the night. Like he was on his back for most of the damn night. And what is it? Set up some plays, you know, pick and roll some screens, something like it has to be something more than just, ah, I'm just going to come down to pain every time. Like I'm Russell Westbrook and OKC. Like, I don't understand that shit. Yeah. I mean, I think the beginning of each of these games has started out with the, the team that comes out with just more energy Mm. and pushes it in transition off misses. It's really defensive intensity that leads to misses Mm. and transition points. And I think, the Grizzlies did that last game in response to the first game where the Wolves really pushed the pace on them. Wolves are doing that again tonight, and they were first to every loose ball. Pat Bev, Vanderbilt, these guys are all getting the crowd hyped. Carl Anthony Towns had a couple of blocks early on in the game. You know, Jaw was attacking the rim. He got he got blocked a couple of times. So yeah. give credit to Carl in that in that drop coverage and pick and roll. But yeah, second quarter, as you said, the Grizzlies started inching back, and the Timberwolves went cold. They only scored twelve points in the second quarter. Why do you think it went so bad? I mean, one thing again, Carl Anthony Towns, this is another game now, it's two, three games out of four, where he can't stay out of foul trouble. Right. And it's careless, stupid fouls, right. you know, moving screens. You know, yeah. the other day he kicked his legs out. Yeah. It's just, what do you think about a guy yeah. with so much talent? How big of a detriment is this to his team? Should he get most of the blame right now? He, he should catch a lot of the blame because he's a superstar of the team. He's a franchise uh, a, a player for the team. But like like my man's comment over here on the screen, need, he needs to play more aggressive. He's right. Uh, uh, Kervin, you, you, you're right. He does need to play more aggressive. But guess what? Minnesota doesn't give him the ball. And he does get in foul trouble. He's what he was like fifth, I think, in the league of uh, what is it, fouling out of the game of this season. Like he's fifth in the league with that. But my, my thing is on defense, Carl really kind of looks like he's just throwing himself around out there. You know what I'm saying? Like him and JJ, like uh, him and uh, JJ for from Memphis. It's just like on on offense, on defense. JJ looks like you know he knows what he's doing, and he looks like he's he's there. He's getting. I mean, when the man had seven blocks in the last game, I think tonight he had at least about three or four. Yeah. JJ on on defense, he looks like he's about it, and he's and he knows his, he has his wherewithal about him on the court. Absolutely. On offense. On offense, J.J. looks like the way Cat looks like on defense, throwing himself around and just trying to force some shit at the basket and does not yeah. have a, a set shot like Ja either. So he just looks like a, almost just just stop throwing yourself around out there. And it's weird because Cat does the same thing on damn defense. On offense, Cat is stout because, boom, I got the shot. He's so fucking confident with it too. Like that's so that's what I love. Like he'll be at the top of the key, real, boom, bang it like it ain't shit. And trotting back. But you know, like it's nothing. But on defense, I don't. I think it's what it is. The the him getting in foul trouble is already. He has that preconceived notion in his mind. I think every time he plays defense, he's worried about getting another foul. I, I think that's why maybe he looks like a deer in headlights, or he just flailing around a, a little bit out there. I don't know. But to me, not about Cat being more aggressive. He does, but they need to give him the ball in the paint. Like it's always these these uh these shots outside, which we know he can hit. But he has. What do you have on him uh, tonight? It was, uh, I think, Brooks was on him and maybe Bane well, a couple times. This is this is the point I was I, I actually forgot to make. I need to, this is important to the subscribers tonight. Dude. The Grizzlies made an adjustment, and my bad. This the sound keeps coming on on these. Uh, well, you're good, here, annoying as hell. But my bad, guys. But the um, 
the Grizzlies made an adjustment tonight and they dropped Steven Adams entirely. And they were talking about it in, in yeah. the broadcast saying that. that this is just not the series for him. And they said Steven Adams had bought in and agreed to it. Mm-hmm. So they started Kyle Anderson tonight and went with a lot of a switch heavy scheme. And this is where I talk about all the time in the modern NBA teams right. don't seem to have an answer for when they're three. A lot of teams don't have an answer for when their three balls not falling and they can't get all the way to the cup. Now, exactly. The Grizzlies are a team with a lot of length. And they, when they're locked in, their help defense is sharp. And you saw that in the fourth quarter and second quarters tonight. And the Wolves, when they get cold from three, the, the crazy part is they shouldn't be one of those teams that don't have an alternative because they have a seven-foot guy that has skill. But as you're saying, those he gets those mismatches, and it's two things. One, the guards need to – that should be where they're looking first, the mm. big men on the switch. But it's also Carl Anthony Towns oftentimes doesn't demand the ball. And yep. third, where he posts up is too high. Yes. It's 18 feet away. Yes. And it's a, he's, it's terrible. But, yeah, I mean, you got anything to add on that before we go to the second half? I'll tell you one other thing, too, and this this will lead to the second half as well. D'Angelo Russell does not catch enough heat ever for, for any of his play. Like, my man will shoot them out of possession after possession after possession. Like, he'll just come down and he'll just jack it. Now, he, he in the second half, when they started to win games, he stopped doing that as much. But it's just that's it's, that's that's their release valve, you know. Saying when well, we're scared and we don't know what's going to happen, da 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 da. It just boom, quick three from from D'Angelo, quick three from Cat, and that that just kills possessions. It it kills possessions. Yeah, th- I mean, third quarter, they were doing anything but killing possessions in that one. They were killing mm-hmm. the Grizzlies, and they came mm-hmm. right back to what they were doing in the first quarter, pushing yeah. the pace, playing hard, first every loose ball. Anthony Edwards started hitting some shots, and you started seeing him get the ball a little bit more. And as you said, D'Angelo Russell, he was starting to get off, coming off screens, knocking down threes. Right. And in transition, made some really nice passes as well. When he's confident, when D'Angelo's confident, he's one of the best shooters in the league. This was definitely one of his, this was definitely his best game of the series for sure. I mean, he had really struggled shooting the ball so far this series. He was nine for 21 this game and shot Mm. 50% from three, four of eight, Mm. 22 points. Oh my goodness. 22 points. Eight assists and five rebounds. So the eight assists wow. is good. Yeah. And the third quarter was 32-23 to the Wolves. The thing is, the Grizzlies started coming back late in the quarter. And by the way, what did you think of John Morant tonight? He was having a really tough time. He was. was definitely, he definitely, I don't want to say it's his worst game of the series because they still won the game. Yeah. But either this or game one, I mean, take, take your pick. He was, through three quarters, he was having a tough time tonight. He was having a tough time, and it was a rough game for him because – he was. It was. Uh, what is it? He he, he ended with a, with a, with a triple double. So you wouldn't expect. Um, what is it? He ended with a triple double. So you thought maybe he had a good game, but he only had sixteen points, and most of them were at the line. It was again him just driving to the cup and getting stopped, <laughs> and it's a uh, Taylor Jenkins on the sideline bitching about how come my star player can't get the call. I mean, but he's not doing nothing. All he's literally doing is just driving. It's most most of the shit he's doing is offensive fouls, but they're not going to call it because the defender is bigger than him. You know what I'm saying? It's but kind of of, it can be very out of control sometimes. And that's and his game. That's his game. And he was he coming up because to me, I think when when he he has a great you know like uh, change of pace at dribble right. and stuff like that. But I think right. sometimes when he comes off the screens, like one thing that I seen Chris Paul on my team, I think he's made such a. Because when you look at Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, and John Moran, I'm starting to say these things. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to Donovan. But mm-hmm. I feel like when they don't get just right to the paint, 
or their threes not falling, where is their in-between game? It's, it's hard as a 6-2, six, 6-1 six, six, guard, you know, as right. your best scorer to do this. And that's right. and that's exactly why these kind of guards, being your best scorers, have not won championships. Like, right. Steph Curry is like the exception of the rule. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, even <laughs> Isaiah Thomas and Clyde Frazier, who are like the only other two um, – two point guards that uh, mm. I think were like the consensus best players on a championship team. Right. They were not necessarily the consensus best scores. You know, the, mm. the way that jaw Trey and Donovan are relied on to score mm. is, is tough. You know what I'm saying? You're right. He doesn't really have a signature Sean. It doesn't, you can't always go to the floater. I don't think a floater is kind of a little more situational. It's not like a pull up, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like a jump right. shot. Uh, right. But yeah, Patrick Beverly was catching him on a lot of those recoveries coming over to the screens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it, 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 luckily, Pat Pat was doing that because Pat, uh, you know, he he's kind of he, he's like a, a a safety valve as well. You can probably p- plug him in different spots and he helps out. But the one hundred percent right, you brought that up earlier. That's why I don't see people talking about Memphis going to the finals and all this other crazy shit. They're going deep in the, in the playoffs. I don't see them going deep because they're not like Phoenix, and that's why Phoenix and that's why CP three are dangerous because they are a two point. They are jump shooting team. They have two, they can get a nice mid range shot. If you are a good mid range shooting team, that's why you are dangerous. That's why my Celtics are dope. And that's why they're dangerous. That's why they're coming out the East because they have that game. They have a deep game. They can go three. They can go in, they can hit you in the in the paint and they can hit you with mid range. You have to have that. And to be honest with you, you, like you said, Minnesota should have that too, because they have shooters, but I, we we haven't seen it, and then with uh with Memphis, you got you got Kyle Anderson, you got Des, you got uh what is it Desmond Bain, and still and you got Brooks, but it's just like I don't know we you know even though they got the win tonight you know I'm glad they did, but it's just like that mid range game where is it you know we yeah. don't see it though. and and that's exactly you know that's the thing they do very much rely on you know just jaw getting all the way to the basket or or them hitting threes and in the fourth quarter they had exactly that going for them they it was an unbelievable fourth quarter and almost shocking you know and i've seen some pretty as a clipper fan seen some pretty terrible collapses but Mm -hmm. this was really bad right john morant finally started to get going a little bit he turned the ball over seven times tonight just to give you guys a little bit of a picture of it was it was tough for him when he got into the paint there were a lot of long arms and, and patrick beverly fighting over the top of screens, chasing him from behind. And as, as my man over here said, you go into the rim and, and they did a great job of throwing collapsing, just like the way that the uh, Celtics did on the net are doing on the nets, just throwing, having bodies ready at the rim. Mavericks right. doing the same thing to Utah. Right. And you, you saw him struggle a bit, but in the fourth quarter, you know, there was this one beautiful movie out where he went behind his stopped on a dime, went behind his back, finished with his mm-hmm. left hand. Mm-hmm. And he started making plays in the pick and roll. And as we said, the three ball, it started falling from Memphis. Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, who had his best game of the series tonight, knocked down his catch and shoot threes. And Brandon Clark was my player of the game, actually, for you for Memphis in this one. He was just everywhere in the fourth quarter and was finishing on the on lobs, on the rolls, offensive rebounds. Right. I thought you'd go uh, Brooks with that. I kind of thought that was Brooks that was everywhere at the <laughs> at the end of that game. He seemed like he was bound, he was every almost every play that needed to be made, Brooks was making that shit. Brooks was, was fighting pretty hard. I would just say that, you know, Brandon Clark, he had a nice, efficient 20 points on a 60, 66% shooting. And mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks had a tough shooting night, even though, you know, I'm not that big on field goal percentage, but mm-hmm. four for 14. So I would, I would lean D- Dylan, uh, Brandon Clark. His defense was just great. Right. I thought he was everywhere tonight. 
It was. And I mean, 20 points off the bench, that's not bad. But here's 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 a stat that I heard earlier with the game that kind of, kind of threw, threw me all the way off. Do you know in the fourth quarter, Minnesota went five minutes and 34 seconds without a field goal? Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you next, man. Let's talk about it. Like, like wh- where did it go wrong for Minnesota here? I mean, they only scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Well, I'll tell you in the fourth. I tell you where it went wrong. I mean, you got um, what is it again? They didn't give Cat the ball. We talked about that earlier. He wasn't he wasn't calling for the ball. He wasn't in the paint. He and, also wasn't in the game. Remember, it's true. It's, that's like that's the thing. It's like he's got to do a better job staying on the court. And it, it's he like does. he kind of blew it. But he does. My bad. And no, you're good. And that 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 leads to that point because, but that's how he plays. Though he he like like we said earlier, he flails he flails around on defense. But again, though, where's that? Where's a rookie superstar uh, or two year second year rookie superstar? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Where were you at? Because my man had what 19 points and how many free throws he, he take? He's another guy that I think that I think he really can fall too in love with the three. He shot it pretty well tonight, four of nine. I think yeah. he wasn't really a- aggressive enough tonight. I was noticing that in the game. It seemed like. He he wasn't attacking as much. He only got six free throws. He only the six free throw attempts, and he missed three of them. Like, and come on, dude, you gotta. He's he's another guy that I think some he kind of lacks right now. The in between game, it's gone a little bit better. We've seen him hit some mid ranges in the series, but if it's not yeah. at the rim and it's not a three ball, because mm-hmm. all these guys start their moves from the behind the three point line now because they've run that modern pick and roll offense. It's like yeah. it's yeah. not as much ISO ball, but yeah. you know, so just- adjustments got to be made. It's just incredible, Don. You're 100 correct, and we I know we keep we, we said this before. We got to say it again. It makes no sense how these NBA players do not have a mid range game. Like these cats can either shoot the three or go to the cup. Like they, if there's no in between. And another thing, and and I don't understand that, but it, I, I blame it on AAU because AAU doesn't teach uh, um, fundamentals like that. You know, cats just watch Steph and they want to shoot threes and they're just going to the cup because that's what everybody does for easy baskets. But another thing too is. Anthony Edwards, you're you're the you're the John Morant. Well, I don't I don't want to say you're the John Morant, but you, you're the superstar. You're the you're you're the the the, the young the young uh, uh, athletic you know second year rookie young player that they have. You need to match what Jaws doing. What Jaws doing offensively on one end with that energy. You need to match that on the other end. That's what the, that's what you're there for. Like since they've gotten him, he sparked a, a cat a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Not a little bit, a lot. He sparked D'Angelo. He's given them that young, the young youth that they needed. Even though them cats shouldn't need no damn uh, young ejection of youth, they needed it. They obviously needed it in Minnesota. And he's helped. So that's what I'm saying. He should match whatever Ja is doing on the offensive end because Ja wasn't wasn't giving him much on offense at all. But what was Jai doing? He was still pushing the defense, pushing the offense, going to the cup, being aggressive, aggressive. Anthony needs to do the same damn thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if necessarily he could match him the same way he was the first two games, but he can be a little bit, he can be better than tonight for sure. Uh, I think John Morant is the best player in the series and we'll play like that as the series continues. But it was just tough to watch for the for the Wolves. You know, they didn't, as uh, as you said, as we said, they didn't have Carl Anthony Towns in that fourth quarter for a lot of it because he was out of the game. So where you were you getting your offense? The Grizzlies were starting to switch everything, and yeah. it was forcing a lot of ISO ball, and you, they weren't really creating many good shots. And they the, they did actually create some good shots, but they went ice cold from three. And yeah. and we need to talk. I'm have, I'm so happy. I remembered before I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. Chris Finch, man. <laughs> it was a three-point game, and I was telling my friend, "Okay, it's time to call timeout." 
yeah. basket after basket, turnover yeah. after yeah. turnover, yeah. miss three after miss three. Yeah. He will not call a timeout. And it's yeah. like, this is a young team. Yeah. This is this. I hate this wannabe Phil Jackson shit that yeah. Glenn Rivers and some other coaches do with let's wait, let's just let them figure it out in adversity. It's like, dude, Phil Jackson, y'all gave Phil Jackson so much credit. He had Kobe and Michael Jordan out there at all times. You know, it's different. Like, this is D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. You're not gonna call timeout, man. Calm these fools down, but right, they need some coaching. Yeah, I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier with him. <laughs> Hopefully, next year he'll be better because. I don't. I don't want to. I'm. I'm quick to call a coach out. That's one thing about me. I am quick to coach. Call a coach out. And one thing I'm a big proponent of uh, a dime is more young black coaches in professional sports. You can have black athletes as your stars, but when it comes to management positions and upper management management positions, you forget who got you there. Like it's kind. Of, it's it's really kind of weird. So to me. I don't know if I'm Minnesota. I would have I would have went with a young black coach, not a unex, unexperienced NBA coach, because I think they put they put Finch's uh, record up there. He's he's coached everywhere. He's co he's coached a lot of different places overseas, uh, uh, G League, this then the third, and he probably is a good coach. And again, I'm not going to hammer him, but all I'm saying is, number one, like you said, you need to take a damn time out. Like you're, you're running your boys ragged. They don't have a plan. They look like they're, they're flailing for life out there. Call a damn timeout. But if I'm Minnesota, you know, uh, depending on how they finish the season next year, because I'm never somebody to, to fire a coach in the middle of the season or with like a third of the season left. I never understood that shit too. Why you would fire somebody in goddamn February? The season's yeah. damn near over. So why are you firing somebody in February, March? Like that shit is dumb to me. But if they don't make the playoffs or they or they look the same next year as they do right now, I, I'd seriously consider getting a new a new coach. And I would go someone I would go with someone who is like, why would you not go with uh, someone who played in the league? That's why I was so I was all about it last year with, with my team. Brad was was good when he first got there, but he could not reach those players anymore. It was time for him to do something else. I'm glad he got promoted because he's doing way better in that front office than he did on that fucking sideline. But I'm just saying nothing wrong with a young black coach. Cause if you look around the league right now, this, this year, they did pretty good. Ty Lue. <laughs> Ty Lue. Is one I mean, look, not even, not even Ty Lue. Look, look at Ime. Ime did great. Look at Willie Green. Willie Green's a fantastic. Monty, well, no, Monty Wilms not young, but yeah, I he's mean, a great black coach though. Yeah. Monty's been there for a minute. Look at, uh, look at Washington before, before Bill got hurt. I mean, they were doing pretty damn good. I mean, it, it was a, yeah. And then you got um, you got Bickerstaff Jr. over in Cleveland. I mean, come on now. Like, so twenty one and zero run. Thanks to my man Lake Show in the comments saying no timeout with that run. Yeah, that was terrible. And Dylan Brooks hit the step back dagger to clinch the game. It was a really tough night for Minnesota. I'm now going to read the stat lines for both teams. Jaron Jackson Jr., only six points, two of six, but that doesn't capture his impact. The guy was everywhere on defense in the second, in the fourth quarter. His help defense was fantastic. Two steals, two blocks for him, uh, and plus 14 on the court. And then Kyle Anderson, he played 26 minutes, four points, three rebounds, three assists, but his defense is good. He's got length, and he can switch on to multiple guys. And he hasn't been playing. He's rusty for real. So yeah, he's gotten bench minutes, but not, I don't think more than 20 in either of the first two games. I'd have to yeah. go back and check, but he used to be a starter. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. This season? No, last season. With, with oh, yeah, last season. Yep. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yep. Desmond Bain, 
arguably the player of the game, eight for 19 tonight, seven of 15 from three. So Jesus Christ, that's a lot of threes, but that's a really good percentage. Made some big ones in the fourth quarter, 26 points for him, six rebounds. And uh, Brandon Clark, 20 points, eight rebounds on six and nine shooting. Tyus Jones, 11 points, five rebounds and four assists on four of six shooting and made all his threes, three of three. He was instrumental in that fourth quarter run. And then John Morant, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, three blocks, seven turnovers, five of 18 from the field, one of three from three, and missed five free throws, five for 10. So not the best night for him, but he played big in the run. And at the end of the day, he helped get the job done, and they couldn't have done it without him. So the thing is, for me in this game – oh, my bad, the Wolves. Uh, Malik Beasley finally had an off-shooting night. Missed some big threes in that in that dry spell for sure. Mm-hmm. 11 points, 4 of 12, 2 of 7 from deep. Mm-hmm. Nas Reed was 1 of 5 tonight. And then Patrick Beverly started out hot, but he also missed some wide open threes in the fourth quarter. 0 yeah. of 5 from deep, 5 for 13 from the field, 14 points. He had a pretty good game, though. He also had three steals and two blocks. Who was that that you said was missing? Who was that? Patrick Beverly in the fourth right. quarter. I mean, then, why is he taking that shots? That is not. He's been like 38% from three the last couple of years, man. For us, he was good at wide open threes. I, for y'all, he kind of was, but he didn't take that many of them with y'all. That, that's, that was the thing. How he many? Yeah, I mean, he took, when he was open, he would take them. And he even makes them semi-contested, believe it or not. I okay. Also, too, when he was with, when he was with you guys, he was younger. But number two, but number uh, number one, he was younger. Number two, he didn't even take that many. And that's why I think his percentage was better. But again, he needs to work on that damn shot. Like, work on it like Marcus Smart did. Work on it like, you know, uh, what, how, uh, Jay Crowder. You're being harsh. You're being harsh. Pat, no, he just, his, his, Pat Bev is, is great on defense, but on offense, besides, besides going, to, going to the cup, and he, I mean, he's not that strong of a finisher. Definitely what not. Kind of, huh? Definitely, he's definitely not. Yeah, yeah so like shoots, what kind of – He's 34% from three. Yeah, I mean, his shooting okay. – his shooting percentage is not that good. I mean, I'm su- surprised he's averaging 38%. It's just, I don't know. To me, you should not – you're only taking that shot because – Last year, uh, 40%. That's crazy. Okay. You're, you're only taking that shot because Minnesota is – they have nothing else to go to right now, and they, they really kind of shook. I mean, I think that's the only reason you're shooting that because I'd much rather have – what is B- – I think Beasley might be a better – no, he's not a better shooter than him, is he? He may be. No. Not, feel, not not numbers wise. I mean, D'Angelo, somebody else. I mean, I really have Cat shoot that ball in him. And he, I mean, yeah. the only thing was they were wide open though, like as as wide open as can be. And right. I, I don't know. I mean, just didn't fall. D'Angelo Russell, twenty two points, five rebounds, eight assists, nine for twenty one, four of eight from three. He also went cold as well. Right. And then, as we said, it's just they their three stopped falling and they didn't know what to do. And Carl right. Anthony Towns, eight points. On three of four shooting, four shot attempts. I mean, that is just unacceptable. Yeah. Five fouls. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I could easily see Memphis just winning the next two games because I don't know if a young team like Minnesota can bounce back from that mentally. What do you think? What uh, that can Minnesota come back? Like, do you think that? I mean, what are the? Do you think? Would you give them? If you had to pick, do you think that they're going to bounce back and win game four? Yes, I don't count Minnesota out. Uh, the reason why I don't is because, like we've already established, they're super streaky. Now it sucks that they blew a twenty-seven point lead, and they got to lick their wounds. And uh, their 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 city is looking at them, and their fans are looking at looking at them like they ain't shit, and they're pissed off right now. But you again, you were up twenty-seven. Should you have won that game? Yes, you should have. 
but I don't count Minnesota out because you you still have D'Angelo Russell who can who can get uh, streaky hot. You have Cat who, if you give him the ball, he can get hot and take over a game. I still like Minnesota. Pat Bev can can shut a lot of people down. I hey Gabrielle, uh, uh, what is it, Gabrielle? I know you think town Cat is weak. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe on uh maybe on uh, on defense he may be weak at times, but. Let the I don't know why they don't. It's, it's to me, I look at it like the, the, the Dirk and whiskey effect. When did Dirk start to win? Dirk did not win until he got his ass on that block. That's when they started to win. And when he had the jumpers and looking all pretty and kicking his leg up on the three point line, I mean, it looked good and all, but that didn't win shit. It didn't start winning until he had an inside and outside game. So when Cat has both, they'll probably be better. The thing is, he that this thing that pisses me off is that he had it in college. He was the jump hook people to death, and I was so excited about him coming into the NBA because he right. had that. Right. Then he started shooting, and I was like, oh, my God, if he puts two and two together, it'd be amazing. But I think that's what we're seeing with Embiid right now. Yeah. Um, by the way, so I guess I'm just going to briefly – I didn't really watch that game. Uh, I heard Siakam didn't play well, but uh, Joel Embiid, game-winning three. I heard Harden didn't have a great game either, but that was Toronto's game to win. They had to it win was. it. Went to it overtime. Was. They did. Did you watch any of it? I mean, I didn't see any. I, I was doing my uh, had a big four twenty event uh, that my nice. show we were doing a live event yesterday. It was it was a fucking awesome and phenomenal. <laughs> so like I'm trying to catch it on my phone, and when they uh, what is it? It was back and forth, back and forth. I thought for sure Toronto was going to pull that one out, and then when it went overtime, I still thought they were going to pull it out. You know, uh, I'm I, it, this is his name from now on, man. It's just Jamie Harden. You know, it's just Jamie Harden until he starts to be better, play better. He'll be, he'll go back to James. But for right now, he's Jamie because his stats actually don't look as bad as I thought. 19 points, uh, 10 assists on seven of 13 shooting on in two of four from three. Not terrible. Okay. Three I, of five from the foul line, though. He doesn't usually miss two. And then how, how many times you go? How many times you go to the free throw line? Only five times this game and, and it had three turnovers and 10 assists. So this style doesn't look that bad, but I'm not going to judge it fully because I didn't watch the game. Right. But, uh, right. Right. Tobias Harris also he has had an he's he was averaging twenty three points going into this one okay. only eleven points in this game but four of nine and he's played yeah. forty seven minutes so that's kind of crazy that he only got nine shot attempts off in forty seven minutes and then uh, Embiid thirty three and 13, 12 of twenty from the field right. three of eight from three you could argue he's playing the best basketball of anybody in the league right now that was unbelievable the game winning shot on a basically like a turnaround three on the move it was a fadeaway it was a fadeaway it was pretty it, it almost looked like I mean, it didn't look like this, but it kind of reminded me of the shot that uh, Kawhi hit against him to beat their ass, you know, a couple of years ago. The one I had uh, Joel crying. Yeah, that was some payback right there. And, and that basically sealed the series. I mean, we obviously knew Scotty Barnes was injured. It was good to have Gary Trent Jr. back, and he finally had a good game, 24 right. points. But Freddie Van Vliet, he's having a tough series right now. 12 points on 3 of 13 shooting and 2 of 10 from 3. Yeah, And then Pascal Siakam. You, may, you, you expect a lot better than 12 points, zero free throw attempts. Look, now, I don't know if that's the officiating or if that's him not being aggressive enough. I've heard that he's not looking confident, and he, I expected a lot better after all the hype that Raptors fans are giving him this season. We were talking about in the preview that he was going to be unguardable in this series, especially with Matisse Tybel having not been vaccinated. But it doesn't look like it turned out that way. Uh, 20 points they got from Precious Achua off the bench. And OG Ananobi scored 26, but the two all-star candidates could not score more than 12 points. The Raptors uh, go down 3 nothing. Are we, ta- are we talking sweep in this one? At this point, um, the, if any team could not get swept at home with a far uh, – um, 
with a far uh, with a with a definitely inferior team that Toronto has, and one team that I think that could pull off the the, the gentlemen's not being swept would be Toronto. But I want to I want to before I go back to Jamie Harden, I want to stop at your uh, at your Pascal thing. Pascal is not who we thought he was going to be. Like I said this before in the Toronto Raptors fan space on Twitter, um, and you know Nelly Nelly can uh, can attest to this. I like Pascal, but I did not think Fred Van Vliet was going to pass dude as a better player than him on that team. Like Fred is, Freddie is the best player on that team. We just so. knew. Oh, I, oh, definitely. I mean, if you look at you look at Toronto's play. You look who, who, what the game goes through. It goes through uh, Fred when when Ka- Kawhi was there and when he left, everybody just knew Pascal was going to take that next step because he was the second best player on that team when Kawhi was there. Once he left. And, and everything fell on him. It was almost like Scotty when Goat left. Oh shoot! I don't know if I want this. You know, I don't know if I can handle this right well, now. In the you bubble, know? for sure. In the bubble, yeah. there's no doubt. There'll be you know a lot of, yeah. But like he, he should have, he should have taken, he should have took a bigger step forward. Not, not get surpassed by Fred Van Vliet. I mean, I don't understand. And look, with, shout out to Wichita State. I love Fred. I've been watching him since there. But it's just like. Yeah, you're good and all, but there's no reason. Like I mean, Pascal's, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, a Fred is shorter than me. I'm six two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I know height don't mean a whole lot, but this is the fucking NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like Pascal should be dominating. I expect him to be Kawhi Leonard, but he definitely should not be the second or third best player on this team. I hope they, they don't get swept. They talk about uh, with the, the Scotty Barnes more than they talk about P- Pascal. Like, come on now, that don't make any sense. Tyrese Maxey, another good game, 19 points uh, for him on 8 of 18 shooting. Just didn't hit the three ball as well this game, one of five. But Sixers right. are playing great right now. Joel Embiid's playing amazing. Yeah. And I'll talk about him more as, this, as the playoffs continues. But let's uh, go to how much of the game today did you watch between the Jazz and the Mavs? I just want to go back, go back to it real quick before we get off of it. I still don't think – I said this before because I was trying to bet a, a friend of mine last night. I don't think this Philly team is good enough to sweep Toronto. And I know this Philly team is better than them. Like I said, Toronto's uh, inferior. But, again, I don't believe in, in, in Jamie Harden. I just don't. If it's I don't a, either. Or Glenn Rivers, for my, for that matter. <laughs> you ain't going to call him Doc no more. You just refuse to call him Doc. <laughs> yeah. Especially because he's in Philly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That's a good place not to call him that. But, yeah, I just I, – I don't – uh, I don't respect him when the game, when it's a big game, when the game is tight. I think he loves the position that he has now, where all he has to do is facilitate. That's why he had 10, 10 assists because he's not called upon to score too much. Because all he's going to do is flop, flop himself to the line, and a lot of that has been taken out of the game this year. Finally, so his numbers have diminished. They came back up a little bit, but not as much as they were in years previous. So I just don't see in this next game. Where we talked, uh, what I said to you earlier, that fish flopping around on the boat out of the water and stuff, trying to gasp for life. R- Toronto is going to be fl- that 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 dinosaur is going to be flopping the hell around, trying to not get kicked out of these playoffs. They're going to try their best because they don't want to be killed. I'm telling you, Toronto is going to come out. I think they're going to win this next game. I really do. I hope so. They're healthy. I think they'll win it. So Mavs and Jazz. It was another display of fraudulence being shown by the utah trash they got outplayed from the start down 27 to 20 after one i didn't actually watch the first half Mm. 41 to 31 in the second you're going in a halftime down 68 to 51 this is your home opener in the playoffs good god how you come out with and again credit has to go to spencer dinwiddie and jalen brunson who i'd assume and when i watched the second half were just killing in the pick and roll when the Jazz went a little more switch heavy, th- those guards, I mean, how many times are you going to get over this? 
Conley's a little older now. Donovan Mitchell just can't guard, and tonight it was really bad. Then mm. when he was giving him the business, getting to the mm. rim on him, and mm. then Jalen Brunson as well doing his thing, and then Jordan Clarkson can't guard. Mm. Uh, it's really just all reliance on Rudy Escar Gobert uh, mm. playing at help defense. But Jazz made a push. Donovan Mitchell got going in the second half. It was not his three-point shooting, though. He was one of eight from three tonight. 10 of 21. Same thing with Donovan. When he's not getting to the rim and his three's not falling, where's the in-between? He has a yep. great floater game, but floater's a little more situational to me. Yep. When you got these long defenders chasing you down on your back, getting over screens, uh, it's a little hard to get that floater off uh, unless you really keep them behind you. Chris Paul does such a good job of keeping guys behind him. Um, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that's why Chris Paul is one of the best in the game. Yeah. But <laughs> His game. Jazz cut it down a little bit. 40 to 29 in the third quarter, starting hitting threes. Conley started hitting threes. He, I think this was his uh, most shot attempts in the series. He had 14 shot attempts tonight, six of 14, two of seven from three at 21 points and six assists. Could have been a little bit better, but they just couldn't guard point blank. And Reggie Bullock, three of six from deep tonight, 12 points. Maxi Kleba again, knocking down shots, 17 points, six of seven from the field and four of five from three. Even Josh Green, who was super hesitant in his shot the first two games, looked uncomfortable, Draymond Green style. Four right. of six from the field and three of five from deep. Davis Bertans, four minutes, of seven man. from deep. So eight, Bertans got off? Wow. Eight, yeah, 15 points for him. That was his first double-figure game of the series. They got a lot of bench points. I'm counting them right now. Uh, thir- 32 between Kleba and Bertans, and then you get – Five from oh, that's garbage. I, I, don't, I don't know if those are garbage time or not, but let's just say 44 points from three guys off the bench. Right. That's big time. 43% from three they shot. And right. Spencer Dinwiddie didn't shoot well, six of 21, 20 points, six assists, and five rebounds, three steals. But man, he affected the game immensely. And then Jalen Brunson, another 30 point game, 31 points, five assists, 12 of 22 from the field. He didn't make any threes, but he kept getting to the basket, getting to the paint. And the Jazz lost at home again. What were you seeing? 126-118 in Dallas. I, I got so much shit for the Jazz. It's ridiculous. Uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, pay him. That dude uh, deserves a max deal. He's trying to get paid. Wow, max? Yeah, I, I'd give him a max or, uh, you know, if not, something close to it. Because, I mean, like Jalen. million a year probably? Yeah, something like that. Maybe 18. But I, I definitely would take care of him. But, yeah, I got so much shit for the Jazz, man. It's ridiculous. The Jazz franchise as a whole, man, is just – it's always been that – it's either its either been that forgotten about franchise or that almost fran- franchise, that one that was almost like almost good enough to win it all, one player away, a couple plays away, da-da-da-da-da. Now it's just like – and they always – for the last few years, they seem like they were maybe a player away or a few plays away from going deep. And now it, it they, they've lost all that luster. Like nobody, nobody looks for them to do good in the regular season anymore. Even if they do good in the regular season, we know they're going to nut up in the, in the, in the playoffs. Cause that's what they do. They nut up. I, I, I'll just go here, man. There, there was room. There's reasons why there were rumors about uh, what is it? Quinn Snyder being let go before the season, before the season was, uh, was over and rumors of who was going to replace him because that dude does not have it. They are not listening to him. He has lost them completely. I, his, his in-game, the way, the way Quinn Snyder, I've never been a fan of his when he was an assistant coach with Duke. I've never been a fan of his when he was, uh, when he coached the other teams in the league. I, I think it was only one other team. The thing that I don't get about uh, Quinn Snyder is is several things. But you have somebody like Rudy Gobert. 
Now we get it. He's an older type of center. He doesn't play like he doesn't play like the newer cats. He can't dribble. He can't do all that. But why? Why the only reason you use him is just to get offensive boards, blocks, and alley oops? Like on offense, they literally only use him for alley oops. They you see you see uh, uh, Donovan. He has a ball. He's dribbling. He's dribbling. He's dribbling. And then it's either Connolly quick pass to Connolly, or he he cut he drives to the ball, to the hole. He kicks to a uh, Bogdanovich, or he kicks to damn Connolly. They miss. And the whole time, Rudy Gobert is staring out, standing outside the paint and watching it all happen with somebody smaller than him. Semi guarding him, like That's why not give him the ball on the fucking block? That makes you, no sense to me. Do you think? I think tonight we saw a little bit of the the Mavs. Obviously, when they have Maxi Kleba at the five, they switch everything. We see Rudy getting mismatches, and at times he doesn't. Obviously, I've I've, I've mentioned that in my podcast before that he doesn't get the ball, but sometimes it's like he struggles to seal and get position on a little guy. Like this guy has no post fundamentals. It's getting ridiculous. That's okay. true, you know. You're right, and guess what? Uh, uh, same thing with Dwight Howard. It took him forever to but get he was levels above. He looked like freaking Will Chamberlain compared to Rudy Gobert. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true, true. But it did take Dwight. Like it took Dwight damn near his whole career to get low post moves, and he his, he barely has any now. But to me, though, I blame coaching on that. That goes back to coaching. Like, why are one of them assistant coaches getting that dude? Like teaching him some teaching, getting, telling him to get on the block, showing him how to work down on the block. Bring Akeem Olajuwon in. Bring David Robinson in. I bet you money if you were to pay them and have them come, they would do it. And why in the hell aren't you reaching out to your superstar in Carl Malone? I know Carl Malone is a weirdo. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. You know, I I know that dude is – he's different, and he's got some stuff in his past I'm not about to talk about right now. And matter of fact, was he even at the – he wasn't even at the All-Star weekend for 75, was he? Carl Malone. I think he may – oh, yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, that's stupid. He wasn't there. It's just like – why isn't he there helping this cat? Like you got Carl Malone, who was one of the greatest low post big men ever. Why is he got not helping Rudy out? Rudy needs some fucking help. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, again, another game where Bogdanovich was shot. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, shot well, eight of twelve from the field, four of seven from three, but only got twelve shot attempts. While Conley gets fourteen, Donovan mm. gets twenty one. He had 24 points. I just don't understand. He's shooting like over 50% every game, and I think he needs way more looks. Royce O'Neal, who played well in the last game and made the dagger in game one, didn't even get a shot off tonight in 32 minutes. Yeah, two whole points. But look at if you look at these starters, man, 32 from from, uh, Donovan. Yeah, 10 of 21. So he shot efficiently, just not from three. 11 of 12 from the line. Yeah, but look at this. I'm just looking at their points. Connolly with 21, Bogdanovich with 24, Gobert with 15, and you still lost. You got 14. They can't guard. I think that really comes down to the fact that they cannot guard uh, perimeter players. You know, and 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 part of it's Donovan. Like your best player can't guard, and he's a six-two guard. I'm starting to see the the problems. He's going to have to probably be a number two going forward if he wants to win a ring. I think that it seems like his play style has limitations. Maybe he can't lead a team. To the, right. past the second round. I've been saying that they need a better second option than Rudy, but mm-hmm. it's tough when Donovan can't guard. I always think that if your best player can't guard, it's tough. Yeah. And I, I just think if they had another superstar, I think if they had another superstar and a different coach with a better mindset and something, somebody is going to force them and tell them to wake the hell up because I think they do what Minnesota does. They fall asleep on possessions. They may get a lead and they, and they just fall a fucking sleep. And, and when they're they let the other team get back in it. 
And when their threes don't fall, where do they go? It, you know what I'm saying? If Donovan can't yeah. get all the way to the basket, where do they go? Because yeah. if they yeah. don't go inside, it's like yeah. it's the same thing. So yeah. the Jazz are in really deep trouble now. There's going to yeah. definitely be changes this offseason if they yeah. lose this series. This yeah. is un- unprecedented by the Mavs. I got to give them so much credit for this. Yeah. And they're, if Luka comes back next game, this oh, man, this could be a wrap. If I'm them, why in the hell would you have Luka come back now? Let that dude get that rest. You do not need him. You, you get to bring him in game. Would you bring him in game five if it's two two? God no. I, I'm not bringing. I'm not bringing Luca into this series unless his game's fucking seven. That's the only. And I need to fucking win it. But let, what, if he, let, what if he goes too hard in a game seven if it's his first game back and re-injures himself? I feel like game five would give him a game or two to get ready for the next series. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. But here's the thing: if if you can keep, what would you rather have right now? Rest or rest or work? And you know you if you're trying if you're Dallas and you want to make a, a long a, a good run in this playoffs, which I don't know how you're going to make a, a deep run anyway because you don't have a, a, a another superstar to go with him. Spencer Dinwiddie and Brunson are good, but they're not superstars. But to me, you want to go deep in these playoffs. Let's see how far you can go. Do your job, not kill, kill these uh, these Jazz because they're already wounded. Just kill them and get them out the way, and let this dude rest and save him for the second round. And they and they got so blessed getting this as their um, as their opponent in the first round. Like good damn, they they fell into a good seed with that shit. Because who didn't want to play? Who who was scared of the Jazz? I tell nobody, you, nobody. nobody. <laughs> now that they now it's a must win game four for them. No excuses. Let's get to the Golden State Warriors tonight against the Nuggets. A really entertaining game. We happy we get to this. Yeah, well, that's next after this. Uh, <laughs> not much to say. I mean, I think the first quarter I wasn't even really paying that much attention because honestly, every single first quarter has been close in this series and it's told us really nothing. As the game goes on, that's where the Warriors start to take over, especially when Steph comes in and right. they constantly put Jokic in that pick and roll. And the Warriors get really good looks. Jordan Poole was at it again with his same shenanigans. And Klay Thompson had another really good game. He's been off to a great start in these playoffs. 10 of 18 from the field and 6 of 13 from deep tonight for Klay. And you know he's going to play good defense. Um, and the Warriors were up um, 69 to 59 at halftime. What were your thoughts on the first half if you caught any of it? First half, I did not catch any. I was too busy okay. watching Memphis. Uh, I mean, yeah, Memphis, Minnesota, to be honest with you. And then watching some uh, uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. That's a sleepy good series. Yeah. I, you, yeah. You wanna, do you want to go into that now? Or do you want to go in? I, I want to definitely talk about it a little bit, but I do, I do. I do kind of want to talk about that because let's okay. be honest. Uh, uh, poor Joker. He's doing everything he can. We kind of, we, we talked about this at the start. He can't do anything with this team. This team, this is a sweep. It's a wrap. Do you think, well, then the game was interesting, though. Like the, the, it was. The nuggets, the nuggets made a run at the beginning of the third quarter and took the lead, and but this didn't take too much of a lead. The Warriors did a good job bouncing back. I mean, Steph made some big shots. Poole made big shots. Otto Porter was good. Right. Um, Jokic, yeah. I think he did his thing, but it's like the they, the Nuggets don't have a switch everything kind of lineup. Jokic has to come out, and that forces the defense to rotate. And when you just the way the Warriors pass the ball. I mean, the Nuggets do a decent job of making them make all the right passes, but they've been doing this for years. You know what I mean? There's there's so much space. And guys like Jordan Poole, Clay was getting some good looks tonight. Draymond, even though, as you said, looked afraid to shoot, was making all the right reads. And he was making life tough on Joker. But Joker was dominating tonight. I think this was his best game of the series. I think this was his first 30-point game of the series. Well, that's because Um, he had – I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're not cutting me off. Go for it. What is it? That's because they they don't have really a center out there to really mess with them. And that's, I my, guess- that's my yeah. And they, and they they need to keep the thing is, Looney and and Draymond they've they've thrown a lot of guys at him. Draymond's yeah. done the best job in the series, but mm-hmm. and I mean, last game was 
the thing is, it's just hard for Jokic to do much when they hit him with the three point barrage. And then obviously the momentum at the chase center kind of carried them right. uh, to get to force misses as well. And then the refs probably like not giving Jokic's calls and shit. Right. There were a couple of times today. I was like, Jesus, like if you want to call fouls on guards, you got to give Jokic some calls. Right. He, he probably should have had at least double digit foul shot attempts tonight, but he only finished with nine foul shots. Right. Uh, they weren't calling much in this game, but he was dominant. He was even dominating Draymond. Um, mm-hmm. Draymond made a big steal at the end to kind of clinch the game, but 37 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, and three steals for Jokic. Like he he had five turnovers, but he dominated the he dominated the glass, the paint. Yeah. But I, I, I give him his props, man. I, I, I you know he he can do his thing. I'm happy for him. But to me, them making the game close, even if the game went into overtime, which it almost did, I'm still not. There's still nothing Denver can do. They're still probably going to get swept. It's just like Toronto with with Philly. I, I think I think Toronto has enough fight in them and enough enough flailing around enough enough will to to force them not to be swept. Denver does not have that that much fight. I'm, I'm listening to uh, Mike Malone in the, in the uh, post game presser, and he sounds like the series is over. He literally sounds like, oh, they gave me so much. They gave me so much this. They gave me so much that. And I'm proud of the way we played. And I'm proud of this. And I'm proud of that. And, you know, this, that, and the third. He literally, he the way he talked in that post-game presser, it sounded like the series was already over. So, uh, you know, Mike Malone knows what time it is. Steph Curry made some big plays down the stretch. He finished with 27 points, three rebounds, and six assists on nine of 17 shooting. Three of nine from deep, deep tonight, so not his best game shooting the ball. Gary Payton was really solid, too, by the way. 11 points on four of four shooting and made three threes, all three of his threes. 18 for 40 from deep tonight for the Warriors. That's 45%. Unbelievable. I already mentioned Clay Thompson's line. Jordan Poole, again, was the tied for the leading scorer for the Warriors. 27 Yo. points on Real nine quick. of – yeah, my bad. Go ahead. No, you're good. I think Gary Payton Jr. Might, Jr. might be a better shooter than his dad. It's crazy. And from deep, from really, I mean, overall, or just threes. Maybe threes because GP the glove never shot threes like that. Yeah. So you know, I think he's definitely a better a three point shooter. And all his all his shots were mid range and going to the cup. Now you talk about a strong finisher. That was the glove. But why does Steph keep coming off the bench and then playing all these fucking minutes? Like because it, it's worked so far, you know. And, yeah. and I think it shows – I think it's also setting a precedent going forward that, like, if Steph's willing to come off the bench, you, none of you guys should be bitching about coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean – Talk about leading by example. Yeah, I guess. You, here's the thing. Are you are you putting Jordan Poole on the bench now? Like, it's such a hard – to me, you want to know the honest truth that I think Kerr's going to need to say? You uh-huh. have to tell Clay Thompson to come off the bench. It's the honest thing that needs to happen because yeah. you, you can't yeah. take Wiggins out because he guards the best player. And yeah. Jordan Poole is playing way too – you can't kill this confidence. Clay yeah. to me is the one that needs to be the most headstrong. I've been there, done that. Yeah. Guys, let me know what you think in the comments. That's going to be, I think, the dilemma because Curry's not going to come off the bench forever. And- he was already coming off the bench earlier in the season, especially when he when he first came back. So they should just put him back at their role. Who was Clay Thompson? Yeah. No, they threw him right back in the starting lineup because the thing. Hey, no, was, I thought he, no. Yeah, because he first remember uh, Draymond got injured, so they went small. They were going with Wiggins at the four. Draymond got hurt right when Clay came back, so they were going with Looney, Wiggins, Poole, Curry, Clay. Oh yeah, no, I, I I thought for sure they would they um they had him in as bench. Yeah, I, I would never, I wouldn't start him. It's, it's been too. He, he's just getting back after two years, like. No wonder he started off so rusty at the beginning, but dude, Bulls, um, uh, Bulls, uh, Bucks, Bulls, Bucks. Wait, I wanted to say one thing though to respond to the comment here because Jokic is the MVP, and we, I really want to make sure we we uh, go in his performance a little bit. Like the Charles Barkley and them were saying that he a lot of times, and tonight was an example. I don't know if you agree or not. Said 
in the last three minutes or so, he doesn't impose his will on the game enough. He doesn't call for the ball enough, um, doesn't post up deep enough maybe. He was saying he needs to demand the ball. Do you think there was more that he could have done? Someone in the comments now is saying Jokic got to get major blame. He can't get swept again. Jokic got to get at least one game like Allen Iverson. Okay. What are you thinking? It was, a, it was a tie game with yeah. literally, you know, four minutes to go, one-point game with three minutes to go. Jokic I'm not blaming. One, I'll say that. You you can – you if you want to give him blame, Brent, uh, you, you're right. Uh, I get what you're saying. But – what do you want him to do? You know what I'm saying? You know, your your uh your your best player is your 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 best player or second best player is out in, in Murray. We thought Murray would be back. What is it? Aaron Gordon is not giving him much out there. What is it? Michael Porter Jr. is still out. You know, Aaron what I'm saying? Gordon with a careless offensive foul at the end of the game, too, in the last minute or so, just charging into Steph Curry. Did you see that? That was ridiculous. No, well, who did that? Who Aaron did that? Gordon. Oh yeah. I mean, but and that's what I'm saying. Like he's not he's not giving you anything offensively or defensively. It's no, just defense, like defensively, Gordon was good though. I can't lie. He was good. He was because what yeah, I've seen long, he get his long arms, you you know, block shots here and there. And he he, he was he was he was playing really hard. It's just his okay. offense is nasty. Because to me, it looks like he is is the person who is not affecting the outcome of a game. He's not he's not affecting it, he's not changing it at all. They're literally just out there and he you know, Aaron. Aaron looks like Orlando when you know <laughs> in the in the middle of the season, not doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Orlando throughout the entire season. But it's just like, how much how much are we going to say for Joker? Joker Joker almost looks like, and I'm not saying he's goat, but he looks like goat in the mid '80s before Scotty got there, or when Scotty got there. You playing with a bunch of nobodies? Like, I mean, Aaron, Will Barton. And Will Bar- the- oh, I also want to say thanks for reminding me. Will Barton made the biggest mistake of the game to me late. By the way, yeah. part of the reason why the Nuggets lost 18 turnovers. And one of the biggest, most domeless things that he could have done, or 17 turnovers, things he did was late in the game, words are switching everything classic. Jokic had Clay Thompson in the post, and he was actually getting foul calls. Jokic was dominating in the fourth quarter on pick and pop. They couldn't guard it. Draymond was fouling him a lot. And right. Barton just chucks a three instead of giving it to Jokic. And oh. after that, they came back and, and they, uh, I think it was Curry went to the basket and laid it in. I was like, you can't mess around with these teams. I also want to say there was some really good clips at halftime of Chuck and Shaq talking about Jokic in the post and giving uh-huh. post fundamental tips. They were saying Draymond puts all his weight on Jokic. He, he like just leans into him. And yeah. instead of Jokic just bang bangs, instead you got to feel the bump and spin, you know, use his weight, his leverage against him. He and usually after, does though. It seems, it seems like, but I've, I've seen him do that also just bang, bang, and just continue to bang without spinning. Yeah. And it's like, if anyone can talk about it, it's Chuck and Jack. So, like, it's cool to hear that perspective because they've been there on that, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, I'm sorry. Were you? No, that's it. That was, I was done. You're right. I mean, uh, and, and they're the best, they're the best at it, and they know it better than anybody. But to me, that may be just him, just kind of nervously, just let me just keep doing this because I'm, I'm, I feel more comfortable with this. I don't, I, I don't have much else in teammates, and I don't have much else to rely on. So I can't, I can't do all the fancy shit that I usually do. I can't, I can't have all that finesse game that I usually do. I got to do, I got to go bread and butter right now because to me, he usually spins. But somebody else that was supposed to help him. That I've always, I really wanted this cat on Boston for the longest. Clay really is the odd man out. Yeah, he kind of is, Brent. You're right. Uh, what is it? Uh, but when Poole was coming off the bench, the one person that that is really surprising me with Denver, who is giving them not not, not much of anything, is damn Boogie. I really wanted Boogie. I wanted Boogie for in, in Boston for the last couple of years because I thought he could really help us out at, the, at that five spot. But this dude. I mean, almost every team he gets on, he he's beefing with somebody, 
And then it's just like his play, it's either he can't stay healthy or he's not giving you a whole lot offensively or defensively. But when he's out there, I don't know, man. It's just it's, I know it's not the same boogie as New Orleans, but it's just like, you know, where's the consistency that he used to have? You know what I'm saying? I just it's, it's sad to me. I think, that, by the way, to respond to this comment about the Warriors dime, why not start the game with the death lineup? Great argument. The reason why I wouldn't start the game with the death lineup is because I think that having green at the five to start games is a little bit thin on the glass. And I also think that bring, and I also think, though, that um, when they bring him in in the middle of the third quarter for Spurs, it's like all of a sudden it's something that the, that the opposing team isn't ready for. It's almost like when you put those old Hamptons five in with Iguodala, Durant, and them, it's just out of nowhere. It just kills you. So – I think I like I think Looney actually does a good job in his role starting as well, but yeah. So the final score from Denver one eighteen one thirteen surely a sweep now. But I I hope Brent I just hope Jokic gets a game just because I don't like it when a, I think a great player it's one of Charles Barkley's famous lines I think a great player should always get a game. Draymond Green six points five rebounds ten assists tonight was really good. He's had a but, really good series so far. And but Wiggins, if he gets swept though, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. But if he gets swept though, would you really blame him? Would, no, no really- I wouldn't blame him for the series at all. But it's like, man, can you give me a game? I guess it's like in the context of like if I'm like, I don't know, if we're talking about all time greats, but like yeah. it's just it's it's too early to be having these discussions with Jokic. He's let let him. I want to let him have his story. But um, hey, hey, Nash is a two time MVP. Guess what? He got swept. He only got swept one time, right, by the yeah. uh, San Antonio Spurs. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, bro, Nash. I, I consider. I think Jokic has a lot more potential than Nash for sure because he's. That's my. I think I like Nash though. What do you? Ooh, think? that's a hot take. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Jokic, he might be the best passing center of all time. Might. Might. Eh, he's up there. He's up there. Yeah, that's what I'm Go saying. And, and you know, no. I mean, he's he may win two time MVP. I think Embiid should win this year, but thirty seven. Yeah, 37, yeah. 18, and 5 for Jokic, 14 yeah. of 22. Um, five turnovers, though, is a lot. Uh, other than that, though, oh, oh, my God. Aaron Gordon, 18 points, 12 rebounds, and that was it for them. So they're probably done. I hope Jokic gets a game. But now before we end it with the main event, uh, you wanted to go talk about the Bulls and the Bucks. Chris Middleton, yeah. a huge injury, did not get oh. to finish the game yesterday. Oh. But the Chicago Bulls were the better team from the first quarter. Yeah. They, I mean, the first quarter was fairly even, but in the second quarter – they outscored the Bucks 34-21. We're up 15 at half. Did you get to watch that first half? Because I wasn't playing too close of attention the first half. I couldn't because I was uh I was doing that event. Uh and I really wanted to too. And when I especially when I heard uh heard about the injury, because I mean the game, if you watch the game, Bulls were up when Kevin when when Middleton was still out there. Like uh Bulls were up. Yeah. And Bulls were con- controlling the tempo of the game which is very surprising to me, which almost lets me know the Joe Judge thing is at least. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the one thing that, uh, that that's kind of sad is are the Bucks tired? Do they still want it? Uh, is Giannis still, is Giannis still hungry like that? I think Giannis because, is hungry judging by his performance. Yeah. You know, cause, cause Giannis always seems like he is about it. He's not, he's not trying to do like, 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 uh, like Nowitzki in the mask. He's not wanted done, but, why why aren't you dominating a team like Chicago? I know Chicago knows you and can play you all, and they have talent, but I feel like they should be more dominant of them. Even in game one, when they had all the momentum on them on their side, they let Chicago make that game close. I did not think that series was going to be close. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was going to be, you know, it'd be up 3-1 by now. Or yeah. 
and and I think the to, the other game two was the best game playoff game from, that I can recall of Demar Derozan's playoff career. Obviously, yeah. there's been a lot of talk this season about him. He did not have a good game one, but he was amazing in game two. Uh, right. One thing I noticed was Bobby Portis. He had an eye injury or something, and they missed him really badly because yeah, Brook yeah. Lopez, as solid of a game as he had on offense, he had 25 points. 9 to 15 from the field and 3 to 6 from 3. They constantly put him in the pick and roll, and he was in that drop coverage. Uh, and DeRozan was getting into that mid-range all day long, getting to the right elbow, you know, just going left, going right, rising up over guys. Even with, Giannis, even with Giannis at the 5, they were switching him onto him in the beginning of the third quarter. He was dead-eyeing Giannis like one-on-one. -on -one. It was unbelievable. Right. And, and the most incredible thing for the Bulls is not only that their defense was strong, and you got to give a lot of credit to Alex Caruso, on defense was just unreal. Solid game for Pat Williams as well. 10 points, nine rebounds. But uh, Alex Caruso, what do you think of his performance? Nine points, 10 assists, two steals, two blocks. Huge defense the whole way. I know what there is a team in L.A. County not named the Clippers that would love to wish the fuck they had his ass. I bet you I bet you money they wish they uh, – I knew you go there. I knew you go there. L.A. County that really wish – it really wishes they would have kept that little white leprechaun or whatever his nickname was. I forget what it was. Like Ball Caruso. Eagle. Say what? The bald eagle. There you go. Like Caruso was a dog for them, and I love Caruso. I hate that he got hurt uh, when he got into that. Uh, who, who was it that hurt him? Uh, Grayson Allen. Yeah. Oh, that dirty son of a – anyway. That's they would have a much better record if Caruso wasn't out so much, and he's showing it in the playoffs right now. Exactly. Like Caruso was cold blooded. I've always, uh, I've always, even when he was with the Fakers, like I loved his game. I mean, like you said, uh, damn near a double, double tonight, nine points, 10 assists, but it's, it's the dog type shit that he does, you know, going for loose balls, playing good defense, knocking balls loose, like stuff, uh, uh, uh boxing somebody out. Those are the type the things that aren't in a box score. Th that's what Caruso does. That's why Caruso is such a great player. I, I, I just man, I, 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 we have somebody like that on my team, but that is somebody that you need. You need a player like that to win chips. You just do. If you don't have them, you ain't gonna win them. Another thing that was huge was the performance of Nikola Vucevic and Demar and Zach Levine. All three of them had efficient mm -hmm. nights. Vucevic was ten of eighteen from the field and four of eight from three, killing in that pick and pop. Right. Uh, Twenty-four points, thirteen rebounds. He was really good on the glass. Forty-three. No, the, the glass battle was pretty even for both teams, mm -hmm. but the Bulls, you just saw their effort was super high. Zach Levine had a more efficient night than game one, 20 points, seven of 13 for the field and three of four from three, made a couple of open ones, but he's still a little too hesitant for me. I know he's injured and he's clear that he's injured and not a hundred percent, but it was a couple, there were a couple of times he passed up open shots and he's like in the mid range and he can rise and pull and he doesn't do it. He's playing like a number two right now. And I guess that's the way that the season has gone. But it's not what I really wanted um, as, he, a, he, as a bull sympathizer. But what do you think? He is a number two to Demar. He's he's not better than Demar. And then if you you just said he's hurt, Dime, how yeah. explosive you expect him to be if he's hurt? For sure. I just thought you know he should shoot more than thirteen shots in my opinion if he's having a night like that, seven of thirteen. Yeah, but, but honestly, me, not much to complain about. They did win the game, so right. And I'll be honest with you, that's to to me more efficient shooting has to have less shots taken. Like you look at I don't I hate to just go to him, but I'm just gonna go to him because that's the one I could think of readily. And there's other shooters you can go to as well. Hell you can go to Sean Elliott when he was with the Spurs. But Larry Legend, Mikhail would say it all the time. Like Legend would shoot like what 10 times a game, 11 times a game, and still end up uh, uh, with having 20 some points. He didn't take that many shots. 
You don't need to have a, take a lot of shots to have a good, uh, have a high score or a good shooting percentage. Just be more efficient with your shots. That's all that is. Yeah. Well, DeMar DeRozan took a lot of shots and he was 16 of 31. He was amazing. He Only shoots two a lot. Threes. Yeah, 41 points. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe I, I would think that I just think that Zach Levine in the beginning of the season before the injury started, they were averaging around the same. And then DeRozan, as Levine started getting hurt, just started going ballistic. Yeah. And so DeMar had 41 points, seven rebounds, four assists. He was unreal. Even though the Bucks made a run, you know, Middleton mm-hmm. started to hit some threes. Giannis was relentless. I thought Giannis did everything he could on both yeah. ends of the floor. He tried. He kept fighting to the last minute. Um, one crucial turnover, I guess, with Caruso. Um, but overall, he was really good. 33 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists, three turnovers. Didn't turn the ball over too much, two blocks and a steal. The only thing I'd say, he was 11 of 20 from the field, so that's great. But oh. 11 for 18 from the line, seven free throw attempts missed, not very good. 20 for 31 for the team at the line, whereas the Bulls only got to the line 15 times, but they only missed one free throw, and that came from Zach Levine, 93% at the line. So free throw battle, and then the three-point battle. Uh, Bucks were 14 of 36 mm-hmm. Bulls 12 for 25 shot 11 less threes and made a higher much higher percentage 48% DeRozan killing in the mid range which goes to show you guys you don't need to have a dagger three ball to dominate in this era there it is there it is and that's his game though that's he that him is him and Chris Paul living at mid range and and DeRozan can get it off easier because he's much taller Exactly. Exactly. To go back to what you said about Greek Freak, yeah, um, you know that's 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 bad at the free throw line, and I guess as a team they shot bad at, at free throw. But you know he's going to go ham no matter what. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was it was four on one. If it's just him out there, he's just going to play his fucking ass off, and he's not going to give a shit. It's just that I I talked to uh, on, on my uh, on high off the glass. I talked to this uh, coach. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, two weeks ago, right before Easter, um, and he's uh, he coached overseas. He coached men. He coached women. He coached uh, basketball and football. And I asked him, "Do you think the Ameri- the 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 foreign player comes into the league more NBA ready than the American player?" And he, he said, "Yes, he does." I mean, the, the foreign player does come in more NBA ready. They may not be more athletic. They're definitely not as flashy, but they they come in more NBA ready. It's like that foreign player at mindset is I don't give a. It's like they have the 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 blinders on and the tunnel vision that they have is just I like just folk. I'm a machine. Give me the ball. Da 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 da. That's how Joker rolls. That's how that's how uh, uh, Giannis rolls. That's why I love his game. I don't know if they're going to get out of this series now with uh, yeah, no Middleton for the next, for the rest of the series at least. Middleton being out, Middleton's out for the rest of the year. You got to turn it. No, it's it's strained MCL. They said two to two weeks to reevaluate him. So. Oh, it's just strained. Yeah, so it's not out for the whole thing. That that would okay. kill their championship chances. But this series is going to be tough now, especially okay. going back to going back to Chicago. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be. I yeah. wish to God I could be up there for one of those games. Pat yeah, my bad. I'm sorry, continue. No, you're good. You're good. I love the United Center. You talk about you want to go somewhere and see uh, a pair of Jays that you've never seen before. Like you'll see Jordans in Chicago at the United Center at the game that you've never seen ever before in life, yeah. and not and not people you expect wearing. I'm talking about old white ladies, Asian what folks. Indians, everybody, we all, everybody wears J's. That's what I love about going to Chicago, one of those games. But one thing I want to say is I'm so proud of the Bulls for the way they're playing. Because they start, dude, they started the season off so great. Lonzo gets hurt and it's like they forgot how to play ball and they, and they felt, they fell so much. And it almost looked like a typical uh, DeMar DeRozan team. But those cats, they stood their ground. They came back. 
They 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 didn't uh, lose their playoff spot, and they're playing great in the playoffs. Now, I just want to give props to Billy Donovan. I want to give props to those players because they did not, you know, falter. They didn't they 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 didn't look like the Wizards did. How they 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 shot out to gangbusters in the start of the season and then wilted. You know, the Chicago stayed strong in our in the playoffs and have a very good chance of knocking off the champs. Yeah, that'd be, that, that would be an incredible story. Caruso mm. finished three of seven from three. Um, I also want to say off the bench, both of these teams were pretty thin off the bench. Not many minutes for those guys. By the way, DeRozan played 44 minutes and Levine 43. So credit to those guys for playing big. Giannis was the only player to touch 40 minutes for the Bucks. Drew Holiday, 15.6 rebounds, six assists. I don't think he closed the game well, by the way, either. I think he took some tough shots and, and missed shots that he usually makes. And he he needs to be – he needs to have – now that Middleton's out, he's going to have to average around 20 points for me. Because oh, I don't think this Bucks easy. team is that deep. You know, you look at the bench, Pat Connaughton and, and Grayson Allen were the only players that got 20-plus minutes off the bench for them. And they were combined – one of 10 from the, or two of 10 from the field and one of eight from three. So need a little bit better from them. Going to need more going forward. And I think it's a perfect segue now to uh, how, how good are you feeling with this potential uh, Middleton injury for a potential meeting with them in the second round? Let's talk about it. The Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. This game was a total tale of two halves. How did you feel in the first half? The Nets come out, punch you in the mouth. Andre Drummond, surprisingly, was blitzing on all the pick and rolls with Jason and Jalen mm-hmm. and smart. And he got a couple of steals, a couple of hands on deflections and a couple of balls. Kevin Durant, points, though. <laughs> it, not, in the, not really in the first half, but uh, Kevin Durant uh, was good on those rotations and they got out in transition. Seth Curry got a couple of jump shots. Bruce Brown started the game really well, hitting his open threes, floaters, and the Jays were a little bit and, – and Marcus Smart, I feel like we're pressing a little bit and trying to rush it, and we're just kind of losing the ball. I know Marcus Smart had three turnovers in the first half. Jalen Brown, I believe, also had three turnovers in the first half. And then Jason Tatum was getting doubled on every single drive when he isolated. When he was going to the basket, they were all swarming and collapsing at the last second. Right. Jalen Brown was being guarded by Seth Curry to start the game, and they were they, – I, I remember they threw it to him the first two possessions, and they doubled every time. So credit to KD, Drummond. How would you think about the start? Okay, I thought the start was a little rocky, but again, I didn't. It, it, it made sense because it's 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 the same mentality of it, like uh, I know you you've heard this phrase and we 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 mentioned it earlier. I just didn't use this phrase. Like, what's the hardest game for a playoff uh, for a playoff team to win? What's the hardest game? The first road game. The elimination game. Oh, okay. You know that elimination game. That's why. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, it was super hard for uh, Philly to get that game off uh, last night against Toronto. It was hard tonight for. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the one team? Uh, they, they got the commanding series. It was hard for Golden State to beat Denver because you know it's a, it's damn near elimination game. It's going to be hard uh, um, the next night when they have to play those guys again too. So I, I figured Brooklyn was going to come out like gangbusters because they cannot go down two zero to us. I mean, they did not want it. They, they couldn't do it, especially in, uh, they didn't want to go, they didn't want to go back to Brooklyn uh, down 0-2, of course. So they're going to come out um, um, at a, a feverish pace, which which they did. Boston couldn't match it at first. I got it. I understood it. Uh, what is it? I was also uh, watching a little bit of it and try, also trying to set up, for, uh, set up for my event. But the one thing I noticed is that um, 
Boston didn't have that confidence at first. They were kind of on their heels. They didn't expect Brooklyn to just jump on them like like the way they did, which which I'm surprised by. But they were able to they were able to stay within the game. They were only down, I think, in the first half. The, the most they got down, I think, was like 11 points, something like that. So you know, it, no, it's they, they actually, you guys went down 17. 17. Wow, that was a lot. I did not know and it was the, that end of the second towards the end of the second quarter. I mean, yeah. the Kevin Durant in this game. I remember the very first play, he was Al Hofer was sagging off big time. Bruce Brown loading up on him and he made the right pass. Bruce Brown got an open three. Uh, and that's actually led nine to zero. But, um, and Jason Tatum got blocked three times in the first half. I remember one by Bruce Brown, one Nick Claxton, and I think the other one, Andre Drummond. He was, he was over six to start the game, still making some solid reads, finding some guys open. And, um, yeah, but the Nets were the team that took it to you guys in the beginning of the in the beginning of the first quarter. I just think the Celtics defense is still solid enough that it keeps you in the game. Like we got to talk about how Kyrie Irving this game, he was getting double teamed on some ISOs. I mean, when he was coming off screens, uh, you had uh, Al Horford and and Tice do a really good job in that drop coverage, and they rely on Marcus Smart getting over the screen because he does a good job. Jason Tatum also does a good job getting over those screens, right. and Kyrie missed some mid ranges that he usually makes, but they were doubling teaming him a couple times and even forced a turnover on him. And the crowd yeah. loved it. So, what did yeah, you and, and, yeah. and any, anytime Kyrie does bad, we're going to get excited. So that's to be expected, and he yeah. should know it. Um, and I do think that uh, way too much was made uh, of the like, you know, since Easter. Uh, what is this? Uh, today's Thursday, so this is like three days later. For the last two days since since the uh, Sunday Easter game to last night's game Wednesday, too much was made about you know the shit talking back and forth between the fans and and uh, and Kyrie. This is what happens. This is professional sports. Players get talked about. If you hurt a fan base, if you if you kind of uh, hurt a, a lessen a team's chances to recover faster when you, after you leave as you being a superstar, then th- you're going to catch it. You know that that's just what it is. He should know that. Uh, his teammates know it. He knows what it is, but you know he wants to to dwell on you know the fact that uh they're they're, they're calling me names and all that this that, and the third. But you know what you know what it is, Kyrie. Don't act brand new. But the thing that uh the, the thing that throws me off is well the thing that I like though is that he only finished the game with ten points. He had eight boards, which which was tight. I mean, this man, <laughs> I think he had more boards than Kevin Durant, which is crazy to me. But uh, he definitely did because KD only had four. But you finished the game with ten points, so we 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 shut you down. And you only had one assist. Like you see the double team coming. Why aren't you setting up your teammates to get an easy, easy two? You got two. You got two people on you. Somebody's butt open. So yeah. find that person. Like, come on now. I mean, come on, Kyrie. I also, think, I also think the Nets need to look at the tape. And I was looking at looking back at it. And guys like Patty Mills, uh, sometimes Seth Curry, even Kyrie at a time, they're off the ball. Like where they are off the ball is a little stagnant. Like sometimes when Katie or Kyrie are on the drive, they need to move a little bit to be, be in their line of vision, make it so that the pass that they're throwing is not behind them or so difficult. Right. And they're kind of sometimes – I remember one time Kyrie was – Kevin Durant's going – driving towards the middle, and right. Kyrie Irving is curling to the top of the key. So Jay, you're basically bringing Jalen Brown, who's guarding Kyrie, to, to him. Exactly. And, Way to go. And then Katie getting blocked. And and – you got to just give the Celtics credit because every time Katie's in an isolation, which is usually guarded by they're, – they're doing a pretty good job of – I mean, Horford and Tice don't switch on to KD. I mean, Horford has on, on some occasions. But to start this first half, the first time, 
I remember Horford was dropped. KD came off the screen and hit the jumper. And then after that, they were like, okay, screw this. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna send send them and rely on our length and rotations. Right. And they do that, but when KD gets a switch, like for example, Derek White was on him, they doubled, and KD was actually finding the open man in the first half. I thought KD had a good first half. You know, he got fouled a couple times, not because he was going to the rim, but like fouled because the Celtics were over aggressive and over the limit. Right. But find, found some guys. Nets were up by nine after the first quarter. We're keeping Jalen and Jason in check. Um, and then in the second quarter, after they went up 17, and again, Kevin Durant playing really well, Celtics started getting back in it. And I thought Kevin Durant, I talked about this earlier. He has such a high dribble, and it's a good. It, he's got a great handle for his size, but it's such a high dribble that you can pick him. Yeah, you can pick, you can pick, you can pick, pick his pocket. Hard. And the Celtics really have been watching tape because his release point, even though his release point is high, his his um, what's the word? Not his gather, but his shooting motion. Uh-huh. He kind of brings it down. So the Horford and and Smart and these guys are sitting on that and slapping down, and they're getting a lot of steals on this guy. Yeah. Um, he he, he does. Yeah. He does bring it down, and because I mean, he because his dribble is high, you would think his his shot would would start higher, but he does kind of when he starts his shooting motion, the ball is literally like below his waist. I think when he goes when he goes for a shot, it's exactly. weird. You can actually you can actually see when he shoots his free throws a hell of a lot better. But to go back to, you, I'm so glad you said that about uh, about uh, KD when he when he has the ball and they're on the pick and rolls. Why are you? Why are you? bringing your defender over to him. I mean, why are they doing that? I blame Steve Nash. It's because Steve Nash does not know how to coach for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do they have some – look, 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 man. I know you're, you're, you're Kyrie Irving. I know how good you are. I know you're Kevin Durant. I know how good you are. You're a fucking unicorn. Look, man, we get it. You, But you know what? Guess what? You do need a coach. It's not, y- y'all can't coach each other out there. You can't coach the team. You need someone to see what you're doing to make in-game adjustments and have you do something different. You had you have to have someone that tells KD. Guess what, KD? Go for rebounds. Guess what, KD? Go get on the block. Guess what, KD? Go to the cup because all KD wants to do is just dribble, 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 look finesse, look pretty, and shoot jumpers all day. That's all he wants to do. He's scared to go to the cup because I think he's worried about injuries. He won't go to the cup for rebounds. He does not box out. He doesn't play sound defense. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Dude, like, you're Kevin Durant, bro. Like, you have to do more than just try to score. I mean, you and then you have to do more than just try to score with – what is it? Just jumpers all day, like dude. You look like well, D, he looks like he looks like a, a a baby giraffe out there trying to play defense, bro. Like he had a good. I think he was decent in the first half defensively, but the second half it was I don't know. It was it was getting tough on him. I mean, the and then before I jump off before I jump off jump off of KD, he had twenty seven points, but how many? What he had eighteen free throws. Yeah, and a like, lot of those in the first. He had he had, I believe. 11 yeah, 11 to 18 he was 11, 11 18. i want to see 11 points in the first quarter i believe i think it was 11 10 points, 18, 10, points 10 points in the first quarter so okay but, but all of his points most of his points came from damn free throws it's just yeah. it's just sad like boston is locking him up in such a way i mean i knew this series was going to be quick i knew that brooklyn was not going to get out of this round but it's just like that's all you can do is just you know free throws now because why you won't drive to the cup like you used to because you're worried about getting hurt and you don't get on a block. I mean, that's never been your game. So, I, dude, I don't know what the fuck else they're going to do. And I blame Bruce Brown. 
Damn it. You know what I'm saying? Because I blame, I blame Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown wanted to sit in that in that, uh, in that uh, uh, press conference before the series started and had the nerve to say, well, since Time Lord is out, uh, we're not really worried about them. They can't do too much. They can't really block the, uh, stop, stop us at the rim. So the rim is wide open and all they have is Tyson uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, Horford. So they can't really do. Like, okay, so Al Horford don't know what the hell he's doing. Guess what? Look, look at him now. Tice can't do nothing. Now, Tice keeps getting in foul trouble. But Tice gets in foul trouble because Tice does not get the benefit of the call at all. Like they act, this, act, they act like this cat is a fucking rookie. Like he literally just gets like he gets he gets offensive fouls put on him almost every possession, and he falls backwards and takes the brunt of it. He's in pain and still can't get the call. I don't get it. But don't think Bruce just because Time Lord is out for a little while and Al and, and Tice are in there. Y'all gonna get off because guess what? You haven't. I don't know what the what, what the hell he was thinking. Right after he said that shit, they asked KD, and KD was like, "I don't, I don't know about what about that man. They still got, they still got JT and JB, and those dudes are no joke. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like he yeah. tried to backtrack that shit so quick. No, I mean you're right. I feel like Ime took that personal because it, it reminds me of the way that the mm-hmm. the 08 Celtics guarded Kobe, where they were just like, "We're not gonna let this guy get to the rim by any means at all." Or Brian. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I think the way LeBron kind of had some of his good games <sighs> is he moved a little bit off the ball and he would just turn the corner and just charge. And, and he just – but that LeBron is had such a better first step and more burst than this Kevin Durant. Yep. This Kevin Durant, you know, he had a good, good, good first half overall. But I do remember now watching the tape, there were a couple times late in the first quarter, Grant Williams hit two threes in a row. And both of them were because Kevin Durant was overhelping on defense wow. off of him. And right. it's like, I get it if it happens once, but then when you, when, when a guy just makes a three, eh, I, I don't, I don't think you should leave him wide open. Right. 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 Like a minute later. And, um, and Grant Williams has gotten his shot. I mean, so much better I, this year, I know dude, his shot is so much better. Like his game, I, I, I guess who he's probably not going to get most improved. That's going to go to, um, Oh, who's going to go to who knows. Who's, I was just thinking, oh, damn, I just saw it the other day. John Morant, DeJounte Murray, and I forget who else. It's- DeJounte Murray, and uh, I think he's he's deserving, and it's one other cat. But Grant Williams should be in the conversation. Like, I was, I, I could not stand him when he first got with us because all he could do was defense, and his defense was sloppy. But And, his, and, he, and he was kind of somewhat out of shape. But that dude has gotten his body right. He can defend all five positions. I love the way Grant plays, and he has a jumper now. So pray, props to Grant. And don't get me wrong, y'all. I know KD is about to have that game. I know it, it, it back in Barclay, game three, he's going to show his ass and he's going to go off. But guess what? It's not going to be enough to sustain the, the entire series. That's not going to be able enough. That's not going to be enough to knock out the team with the number one defense and number one offense in the league finish season is so. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Like, Jesus. I also want to give some clarity, so some more context to the way the people were guard, the Celtics were guarding Marcus Smart on Kyrie for the majority of the game, Tatum and, and Durant, and they would switch that when one of them tried to set a screen for the other. Celtics were comfortable switching that, right? And okay. yeah, and because Smart and Smart and Tatum, I mean Tatum got blown by a good amount in the first game by Kyrie, but it was a different kind of night tonight. They were ready for Kyrie to to drive all the way, give him the Kyrie to K, the KD treatment. It seemed, you know, the same thing, just make somebody else do well. And, and Goran Dragic was somebody who again was unbelievable. He had 16 yeah. points in the first half. Yeah. Six of them were just 
on the pick and roll, going away from the screen, getting downhill, and then yeah. five in transition. I mean, how how much has he surprised you so far? I think he's he's kind of caught them off guard because uh, Ime's not Ime wasn't expecting him because Ime didn't have him on on the roster last year, so Ime doesn't know what he can do. Ime knows what that team can do. Ime literally was just their assistant coach last year, so he knows he he knows that team in and out. He knows what their weaknesses is uh, weaknesses are. He knows how to expose expose them. Think about someone on for so um to so so what I'm saying is is that Goran doing this and Goran is a, is a KG vet like I mean what was it Steve Nash was uh he was Steve Nash's rookie you know when he came in the league you know he knows Nash 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 knows him it was uh very smart of him to uh keep uh, uh, get Goran and keep uh, Goran on the roster. Don't let him go to Miami. That was genius by him because he sure as hell was going to Miami. He wasn't staying in Toronto. He didn't want to be there. But I think the uh, the thing that you talk about someone who took uh, who took something personal. I think that was Horford. Like Horford took that took that. You know, you talking shit about you know I can't play defense anymore. Personal. Like Al plays. It's unbelievable. He, he does. Like Al play, Al play Al plays so good that the Oklahoma City Thunder sent him home last year because they were scared that he was going to take them out of draft position <laughs> to, to get to get a high pick. They, he was going to get he was going to win them so many games that they were going to get out of the draft lottery. You know what, Al, please go home. We have to lose. I'm sorry. You're, you're too fucking good for us. You're going to get you're going to get us wins. We don't want go home. That's how good Al is. So. For, for, for y'all, if you talk about someone who got who took something personal, I think that's uh, Al Horford because that that man he is playing his ass off. He is prepared. He he knows he he's watched the film. He knows where KD is going to go. He knows where uh what is it where Bruce Brown's going to go. He knows Claxton can't give him nothing, so he's prepared for it. I just love to see it, man. And just to piggyback and continue with the Al Horford uh, flowers train, um, <laughs> yeah. It was a big end to the half of the Celtics. The, the, the Nets were up, I think, 17 points, and a couple of things happened. In the first quarter, by the way, I also want to give him his flowers for this. Stripped KD in that same thing in his shot pocket as KD was going up, stripped him in transition. Yep. And then late in the half, the Celtics blitzed him with Tatum and, and Al instead of, instead of dropping back because they had gotten burned on it once. Right. And actually twice. KD made a nice read one time, and they got the ball to Brown for an open three. But this time he blitzed. Jason Tatum had his hands up. Uh, I think, I don't know, it was either Tatum or Horford. One of them deflected the pass. Tatum got a dunk. That was his first field goal of the entire half. This was like at the last two minutes. Right. And then I think it was Al Horford that hit a three on, on Kevin Durant over helping. And the Celtics finished the half on a 10 to two run. But yeah. KD was four for seven in the first half. Kyrie only got six shots off, but he was efficient three of six. Uh-huh. And the, the others did well for the net. So going into the halftime, even though they ended it kind of poorly, leading by 10, you'd, you'd feel good if you're Brooklyn. Uh, with Jason Tatum and Jalen being a combined four for 13. But the second half, different sort of deal. And the Celtics, your Celtics, came out with that defensive intensity right. that we've seen all season again. And I think we saw a lot more. And by the way, I also want to acknowledge, looking back at the first half, Kyrie Irving had a lot of plays defensively where he like twice where he switched unnecessarily and got burned. There are certain guys in this series that Kyrie can't guard. Jalen Brown is one. He can't guard. He can't stay in front of him. We saw that yeah. again. He got burned. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum is another. Yeah. And Al Horford and and you can argue Tice because if he doesn't go, maybe Tice not going to go at him one on one in the post, but he'll get him on the offensive glass. Right. So Kyrie, he, they're not. He can only switch on to certain guards in the series. Your Derek White, yeah. your Peyton Pritchards, your thing, and he got he switched unnecessarily. Tice seal actually no. Tice didn't go to the post on him one time and yeah. dunked it, and there was another time Jalen got right by him. Yeah. Dude, another I- time where Drummond came up came up on the screen and Kyrie just didn't get back in front 
KD and KD still overhelped and Al Horford hit a jumper. So it was oh, Kyrie's wow. defense was a little bit suspect. But as I said, again, in the first half, it wasn't too big a deal because the Celtics were up by 10. How did you feel about the start to that second half? Al Horford thought, was in charge of it. I thought it was amazing uh, to go back real quick to your, to Kyrie's defense. Kyrie's never really had defense. He's not, he's never been known as a d- defensive stopper or could really put defense on you. He's just he's known just for one guy that if he's trying hard, it, he gets by like we saw in the finals with Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. And that was I mean, he could get around uh, Steph because Steph, Steph doesn't play uh, <laughs> tough defense either. And I, think I, mean, I think I think he's not that great at defense, but Steph at least gives the effort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Steph, 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 Steph couldn't stop him, and he couldn't stop Steph. Facts, I mean, that, that's, that's 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 just how that is. So to me, and I wouldn't even expect Kyrie to guard JB or JT because he would get his ass cooked. I, please go go out there. Please go out there and switch on to those two. But um, I thought that the second half start is uh, was amazing. Again, that's when they were keeping themselves in the game. Like they did go down seventeen, but they didn't stay. They didn't stay down long. That was in the first half. In the second half, the, I mean, the game. Every time I looked at it, it was very close. Like I saw a seven point lead, eight point lead, six point lead, five point lead. They just kept dwindling it down slowly but surely. And it's just they. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do, which was win the game and and or let your defense win it for you. That's what I like about this Celtic team, man, and that's what they do. Yeah. They let their defense dictate the offense. Getting out in transition in the beginning of the third quarter. Exactly. Jalen got that and one on Kyrie Irving. Crowd got crazy on like, that. Bruh, like that's what that's what happens, and they do the same shit on the road. Like they know they they, they let their defense run their offense. It's almost like I mean, uh, Ime Ime was a perfect coach for us because that pop system works, and I think the the other uh, the other techniques, the other the other things that that uh, Ime uses, they work. They all they do they catapult the defense, and that's how you win in this league with a with a great defense. I mean, look, hold up, it's basically boom, boom. Where they at? Boom, there you go. Those dudes right there. You know what I'm saying? This guy right here. This guy right here. You know what I'm saying? Time Lord. Man, can you believe it if if you guys had him? Jeez. Dude, he's if if we had him, I mean, oh my God, but it's almost a wrap. But yeah, beat LA. Those guys right there, the deep the defense that they show, that is why that is why we're amazing. And that's why I love uh I'll go to I go to my Rob Williams love in a minute, but yeah, go ahead. That's what I saw in the second half, and that's why they were able to to come out because they get they kept the game close with their defense and slowly but surely, boom, just constantly bringing it down, bringing it down. And and again, they locked up KD. Just go ahead and say it. You 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 look at that stat line, 27 points, you may not think it, but look at how he got those points. They locked him down. How hard is it to lock down one of the greatest, greatest scores we've ever seen ever? Ever. It's very hard. And I talked about it in the first episode. I think he's starting his move too high. I thought in the third quarter, he, you know, you saw Daniel Tice. They made Lake Celtics made a little bit of an adjustment. Daniel Tice was coming up on every screen that was set for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times the Celtics got burned on it with some good passing. Like Seth Curry made some shots. Bruce Brown made some shots. But Horford's rotations ended up being really good. And a couple of times, like Kevin Durant, there was another time where he, went for a law past a drumming and he did not pass it high enough and Horford got a hand on it. Right. And I counted 10 points. The Celtics scored off of KD turnovers alone in the first three quarters. And one of them was in the third quarter when Horford made a three to, I think, make it like a two point game. And the crowd was really going nuts. Yeah. I also think Steve Nash went too long in the beginning of the fourth quarter without calling a timeout. Jalen Brown hit a three and they were, it was like a two point game and he just let it go. Let it go. It's the same thing as Minnesota tonight. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, 
I know yeah. you, you have Karen Rand and Kyrie Irving, but like, bro, this place is going nuts. Yeah. Call a timeout. Let, let them cats get a blow. Yes. Literally. I get that. Uh, another thing too is that, um, oh, damn, I just had it. The, the, uh, the defense. Okay. Let, let's go back to this. They have no rim protection. They have no one to stop the rim. They, they're not, Claxton's they, not bad. Say what? Well, Claxton's good. Claxton's good. Block, but, yeah. But you, they really don't have a, a rim protector. They don't have anybody to lock down in that, that that defense in the paint. You but you have you have Lamarcus Aldridge, who can who can score and can do stuff in the paint, and also he can draw the defense out. He can draw the big man out of the paint, so that leaves leaves the paint more open for you to, to, to score. Yeah, that's, that's, a big, that's a good conversation. Like, should Lamarcus Aldridge get some minutes? Because wow. also when the Celtics switch everything in the fourth quarter. They don't have any interior guy. Exactly. Like you need somebody. You have can he somebody guard, though, is the question. Can he guard? He, I think he can to a certain extent, but why aren't you playing him? And another thing, too, is why did you release uh, uh, James Johnson? I mean, they're saying it was I heard he wasn't playing well from Nets fans. That's what I heard from them. He, was, he wasn't playing good for Nets fans. Okay, Nets fans will say that if, if you're not KD or Kyrie, gonna, they're going to fucking say that. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's really dive into it. Some people are saying it was because – him and KD were uh, were getting into it like a few days a few days before that in practice, or that James Johnson yelled at him. Another story I heard is because it was one a player that they wanted to give him a two way contract, and they needed to release uh, uh, someone on the roster just because they can give that other person that slot. I don't know. I don't know which is which. All I know is James Johnson is not going to give you anything on offense, but he's damn sure going to help you in that paint. And, and one thing he can do is at least give you fouls. So I don't know why you get rid, rid, get, would would get rid of him, and what the fuck is Blake Griffin doing? Like he is just he is just glued to that old bench. He can't guard, man. I love Blake, but he's old because he can't guard anymore. He wasn't okay, but why not release him? At least James Johnson can give you something. Like Blake is glued to glued to that uh to that bench. Yeah, and you're not using him at all. Like release him, and you could have kept you could have kept at least somebody can give you something on defense. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand how that team is ran. Like it's, I understand it's, you know, it's, it's player run and, you know, we let the players control everything, da, 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 da. But what are you doing, Sean Marks? What are you doing, Steve Nash? And I don't know. I don't even know who the owner is of the Nets anymore. You know what I'm saying? I know it's not that Russian anymore. So it's just like, it's so many questions. His name is Joe Sai. He's like some Asian guy, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that name. It's so many questions with that organization right now. And you just look at that roster, like your your roster, how you put that roster together is crazy. But I get it. You got two players that, that are two, that you're top heavy and take up all your money. So it's hard for you to put something else around it. But you better you better do what the hell Miami did with Pat Riley uh, with the Heat, because they were able to do it with three players with max deals. And they still were able to still put a play role players around them and still win. So Brooklyn, figure it the hell out. Also, Al Horford, that one, do you remember that one play where he was in transition and he passed out of the shot? He faked the shit out of me on that. Do you remember what I'm talking about? He passed out of the shot for a lob. I think it was to maybe Grant Williams. Damn, I didn't see. Dude, it was amazing. Okay. Or Tyson, it was one of those two, but it was amazing. Dime, I'm going to tell you like this, man. After, uh, was it this was the game? So after game three, Dime after game three, if you don't have me on, and so we can do this again after game three, I'm, I'm going to be pissed off. Because, look, I saw a little bit of the game, but I was ripping and running it, uh, 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 with that setting up for my event. I couldn't see it. Right. And today I was ripping and running. I could not sit down and rewatch the motherfucker like I wanted to. But I still got it on my DVR. I'm still going to watch it. I just saw – I just I just remember with, what, five minutes left in the fourth, how we just 
took over that game and had in in and put our our will and our fortitude on it, and it was nothing that Brooklyn could do, like literally nothing. You know, I I also think too. It's what's what's interesting is that you guys took the lead and, and we're 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 going crazy in the third. And I also wanted to make sure I don't forget this point is I already made the point about Kevin Durant losing the ball, but there were a couple of times, once or twice in the game, at least once or twice, where the defense was loading up. You already know that the Celtics are going to try to not let Kevin get in the paint. And he didn't really trust his teammates. He would go into the secondary player, and they would get be able to strip him, or he wouldn't he wouldn't pass the ball on time and lose the ball. He got he turned the ball over once. I uh, first I remember going into Tatum when Al Horford was guarding him, and they were a little more. The Celtics were a little more comfortable switching Al Horford onto Kevin in the second half. Hell the yeah. first half they didn't switch it onto him once. They they only, just kept him in drop coverage or, or yeah, just just dropping a little bit. Right. But in the second half or or uh, blitzing him. But they switched on him a little bit, but they just know that when Al switches on to Kevin, you're gonna have some help defenders ready. Yeah. And 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 Kevin lost the ball. And not only that, he started losing his composure. Like I think that he scored two baskets in the first quarter off back cuts. He stopped going off the ball. He doesn't like I, I'm gonna keep saying it, but I don't think he likes physicality relative to like the other great scores ever, like Kobe yeah. and Michael. Like, and he's they they kind of push him off the ball, and he made a comment about that after the game, which shows me it's kind of getting to him. And yeah. you can see his legs getting lost as the game went on. Right. So a lot of his shots were short. You know, the one time in the third quarter, he did get isolated. He actually caught the ball at the elbow, and it was a good shot. He didn't have to dribble. didn't have to work too hard, but it was back of the rim. And yeah. then besides that, he was trying to kind of run it at the top of the key and was running into problems because the Celtics yeah. could load up. They could cheat. Yep. He wasn't making the right pass. Yep. And then remember that one foul? They were over the limit, and this dude just shoved Jason Tatum clear as day in front of the ref. I was like, dude, KD, what is going on, buddy? But the Nets still managed to lead. KD shoved JT. You, don't, you didn't see it? No, you, oh, you probably didn't see it. No, he shoved him just wow. randomly. Okay, you yeah. know what? I 100% understand that because he does do that. If he – like, he's the only superstar – maybe besides Braun, that will get knocked down by an opponent and won't say anything to the opponent, will look at the ref like the ref did it. <laughs> it was, it was right. another play, too, so random, where this man asked, got an unnecessary screen from Seth Curry when Jalen Brown was guarding Seth Curry. And it's like, dude, you know they're just going to switch Jalen on you. You're getting a work. And he, I think he had, like, Grant Williams or, or someone, work, maybe Derek White, a worse defender than Jalen Brown on him. I can tell you that for sure. Got yeah. a screen and then just – was basically showed him the ball and lost it. And I was like, this is yeah. Kevin, man. Like, yeah. how many turnovers did he have? Six turnovers in the game and five assists. So he had more turnovers than he had assists. I think you're I think you're on to something when you say he's he's uh he's the number one superstar ever that does not like the physical contact. And I think and I think he has a legit concern because you're bullying him, man. And yeah, you're before, and in 2016, we saw with the Warriors a little bit. We saw with PJ Tucker for stretches. Last year was his best battling of it. Yeah. But I really think that's the way you get to Kevin. I really do. It, it, it probably is. And it's it, true. He doesn't. But look, here's, man, this, this is what we seem to forget, uh, Dime. If you had two serious uh, uh, knee surgeries yeah. already in your career, I think you'd be like that too, wouldn't you? For sure, but it's like I don't remember him doing this even when he was healthy. Like he never was a guy that embraced the remember, like the thing is he everyone talks about how he's a seven foot demigod who has an amazing handle and stuff. Yeah. But you forget, like when you're just shooting threes over people at the top of the key or facing yeah. guys up from 18 feet away, your yeah. advantage is that yes, you're getting cleaner looks. 
Yeah. But they're still jump shots. And let's be real. They're six, eight, six, nine guys with yeah. long wingspans like a Jason Tatum, that Jalen Brown, that will still make it so that's not a wide open shot like everyone acts like it is for him. Right. You right. know, when you get right. in the post and he actually has post game, which makes it more frustrating. Right. Turnarounds over either shoulder, man. Yeah, but, but he but he will not do it. And he, he, won't, go, and he it. won't go fight. In, I think what he needs to do is get off the ball more. And that, that's yeah. partially on Nash to draw up some creativity. I think what they need to do is when you have a, a Derek White or a Peyton Pritchard in the game, maybe get them more involved uh, mm-hmm. in the – like their man coming over as a screener. Mm-hmm. That's my best bet. But other than that, it's like how aggressive is this guy going to be off the ball to go post up? I don't know anymore. Well, how are they going to make – how are they going to make the opponent set, set a screen? How are they going to make Derek White or, or no, a I'm whoever Derek White is guarding, like a Seth Curry, to make like a little, little pick, and pop, pick and pop, like LeBron used to do with Daniel Gibson? How uh, uh-huh. pick and pop and you know just movie. screen and yeah, screen and pop out? Yeah, uh, yeah. They don't yeah. have to make a decision. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you, usually though, the distance isn't far, so like Pritchard will just kind of like show and recover, but right. hey, man, it gets him involved in the action. I know the Celtics were doing that with Kyrie in the fourth and getting and Seth, and that was the thing. The Celtics went with. They switch everything with Grant Williams, with Horford, with with Jalen, with Tatum, and Smart, which is ridiculous, right? Because we can do that, though. A lot of yeah, teams can and, and, they, and, they have, and they're going with two small guards with Seth and Kyrie, and you guys are getting what you want on those two guys. Right, Jalen Brown, right. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum closed the game. You can yeah. say what you want. He was, what, three for 14? Uh-huh. He was five for 16, but he closed the game. 19.6 rebounds, 10 assists, by the way. Made some really good reads and pick and roll. And when guys were loading up on him, because they were loading up on his ass. Yeah, and I, anybody who wants to talk about uh, uh, Jason's uh, t- passing ability, just uh, watch this series and watch the second half of the season. And then, you know, you can kiss my ass. Yeah. But uh, all I want to say is um, we can say all that, what, what, what Nash should do with uh, with pick and rolls and different, and different screens and in the way he should play KD. They were all blaming him on Twitter last night, typical. They would be exactly, but here's the thing. This is what people seem to forget. How do you know he don't want to do that? And how do we know his superstar is just saying no? And if you're Nash, what what are you going to say? You're going to push back. He's the reason you have that job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kyrie's the reason you have that job. You're only all in that door because they wanted you. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you're going to push back on the superstar that's on your team that got you that job and was better than you. Like, as good as you were when you played, you know this dude was better than you and is better than you right now. So you're going to you're gonna tell him to do a, 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 to play on the low post. He doesn't want to. So you're just not going to play on the low post. I mean, that's, just, that's how it is. Like, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Katie, by the way, 29 to 17 in the fourth quarter for the Celtics. They clamped down. And Kyrie, actually, in my opinion, okay. I don't know how you felt about this, but they – he missed a lot of shots that he normally makes. A lot of those yeah. Kyrie were shots that he normally makes. He's used to making mid-ranges and tough shots. But you guys did an amazing job of just, if they get a step on anybody, collapse, collapse. And they weren't right. making all the right kickouts. And you're making it tough for them. And and Kevin Durant, I'm looking at his shot chart for the fourth quarter. He shot five times. None of them, only one of them beneath the foul line and barely. It's further out to the wing. I guess it's it, it's like a it's an 18-footer. So that's right. his closest shot was like 17, 16 feet. In the fourth quarter, he did not get to the paint. He had no success, and he actually started fighting a little bit more this game than the first game, and just missed shots they normally made. But I think he was too tired at that point. He needs Probably to find was. a way to get more involved and bang down low. I, I, I'd have to go back and really watch how Kobe got through that 08 defense. It wasn't as much switch heavy with that Celtics team, but the same principles in terms of on isolation, they were loading up and making sure make someone else beat you. You're not if you're scoring, it's going to be contested mid ranges and jumpers. You're not getting into the paint. 
I'm gonna tell you how Kobe got through it. Kobe got through it because he forced his way through it and through screens. And that's posting, how Kobe yeah, got facts it. and posting. Yeah, posting that's, yeah. posting that's how. Here. Yeah, that's how Kobe. Because Kobe was not scared, not scared of that, that physicality. Kobe wanted that shit, so that's why he was one of the greatest ever. Rest in peace. But to go back to Kyrie, man. Um, okay, we we know that. Okay, obviously the crowd has gotten to him. You know, the crowd has gotten to him playing in Boston has always since he left has been weird for him. We know that. That's why he pushed off playing in Boston as long as he could till he couldn't till he couldn't do it no more. Came out with that bullshit sage and all that shit. I really think that the NBA because what would they find him like 50 G's? How much they find? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. like they I don't know. Did he get fined for what for not playing this season? No, he got fined. He got fined 50 G's oh, for, for his comments. For for I guess uh, uh, flicking off the fans and all that shit. Oh yes, okay. And, and to me, I know this. I, I know uh, people listening to this may think this is stupid for me to say, but Kyrie is a very sensitive cat. He's more sensitive than than, than we uh, than we realize, and he does listen to the outside noise. If not, he wouldn't have put that damn IG video out in at the start of the year when everybody and his mama and their mama was calling him out for not playing because he wouldn't take the shot. He literally put out a video saying how much he still loves his game and wants to play ball, but the shot da 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 da. To me, I think the crowd, him being fined, and you know the situation of the team right now because they know they're 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 the inferior team. They know it. They know they only have two dudes, and Boston has like eight. They see that shit. So in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, oh, shit, <laughs> we're in trouble. What the yeah. fuck can I do? You know what I'm saying? And he's catching it from these from these people. He wants to react to them. He can't react to them like he wants. And they're getting under his damn skin. He's trying to get off on the court so he can, you know, which always makes him feel better and will make the team better. But the team he's playing will not let him do that because they know how to stop him. I don't know what else, you know what I'm saying? That's why he's between a rock and a hard place right now. So, again, he's going to play better at Barclay just like KD, but it's not going to be enough to, to sustain them and get them out this round. It's just not. They may, and again, I don't think they're going to get swept either. I'm not one of these people that's so quick to say such a, uh, what you call it, is going to get swept. Toronto's going to get swept. These teams are going to get swept. No, I'm not going to say that. Then a, a, a Brooklyn will get a game or two. Maybe two, but they're not going to get swept. I'll say this, you know, going back to the the run that the Celtics made in the beginning of the fourth quarter where, where Nash didn't call any timeouts, you know, Jalen Brown had 10 points in the fourth quarter. He was big time, hit two threes, got to the rim on, on Kyrie multiple times. Yeah, this? And then Pey- Peyton Pritchard, I for- I wanted to make sure he g- gave him a shout Talk out. Talk about him. Talk about him, dude. Big shots. Obviously, my my followers are very familiar with him because we had his teammate, Will Johnson, on to talk about him a couple years ago nice. or a year ago. And nice. Peyton made some big shots. The step back to give the uh, Lakers, the Celtics, the lead. Dude, uh, the left did, you wing. See did you see that shot? It looked like uh, late in the fourth, he had a shot with a spin move and dude draped all over him and still hit it. Like oh, I was I remember, shot I think it was a step back or something. Yeah, yeah late in the yeah, oh against class. Man, that was nice. That shit was ridiculous. And then you guys just kept locking up. The, the Nets had an abysmal fourth quarter. There was a time where they only had like six points in the quarter, and then they scored a couple shots late. But Kevin Durant, yeah, Kevin Durant had two, four free throws late after they were already down nine points with less than two minutes left. Actually, six free throws late. So that's just papering over the cracks there. He could wow. not hit down the stretch. He looked like he lost his legs. Kyrie looked like he couldn't hit. The Celtics defense was swarming. The switch everything scheme. It was an amazing win. And now the question was, what, what's going to happen now with Kevin Durant? He's got to step up because I'm reading the lines now. 
He went 18 of 20 from the line, but he did not have a great defensive game. Four for 17. He went 0 for 10 in the second half. Only shot two threes, surprisingly, and was one of two. Right. 27 points for him. Kyrie, 10 points on four of 13 shooting. 0 for 1 from three. So they didn't actually shoot. They only shot 21 threes as a team and made 10 of them. But it's just the lack of defensive chemistry. And Kevin Rance had two bad games, in my eyes. What do you think? What, What needs to change? I tell you what needs to change. They, they, uh, he needs to get on the fucking block. <laughs> he needs to stop being. Uh, he needs to stop being scared. Get on that block. Welcome the uh, the physicality. Stop blaming the refs <laughs> for uh, when when uh, when his opponents knock him down and play better. Like that's what he has to do. Um, but he won't. The the block thing. I don't think he'll do that. I just they're probably just going to set more screens for him. Set more screens for him. Just uh, 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 more play calls just to get him open. Just he he has to feel comfortable. He only feels comfortable when like he's at the three point line or close to the three point line shooting. Anywhere other than that, he's not going to feel comfortable, and that's the only way that he's going to get off there. But but they will find a way to make sure that he feels comfortable and he gets off in this next game. If if he comes out, I'm gonna tell you like this: if he finishes the game like he did on this one, 27 points, and most of them at the free throw line, if that happens. At the end, at the uh, if game three is ended like that, then it's 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 super a wrap. I mean, they are getting swept because there's nothing going to happen in game four. Like it, it'll if you can't exert your will on that game offensively, then that's it. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum as far as the lines twenty. Yeah, I said Kevin Durant twenty seven. Said Kyrie ten. Seth Curry sixteen points on six of eleven shooting, four of six from three. He did his part. Bruce yep. Brown, 23 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3, did yep. his part. Goran Dragic, 18 points. So it's really about the dudes. Yep. It's really about the dudes. Obviously, you, you could ask for a better coaching performance from Nash, maybe some more offensive creativity, some timeouts, but this is a dudes league, as my man Ricky G always says. True. It, it is about the dudes, and you got to give them their props, but also, too, let's let them get some help. Let them get, get let, let a low post presence get down there. Let's get some more points to uh, Claxton in the paint. Get some more points to Drummond in the paint. I hope they don't do this shit because I don't want to give them uh, uh, tips on how to fucking beat us. But I think that's something that they could do because you, you, you're you just dependent. You, you want KD and, uh, and Kyrie to play ISO ball to win those games. Like that's all, that's all they're really doing. ISO ball all day for them, for them to win those games. You're not going to win a championship like that. And you're damn sure not going to beat a team that's really good like Boston like that. You need to have scoring somewhere else. Get Lamar out there. Lamar <laughs> Get Lamar out let, 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 let Lamar, Lamar, let LaMarcus play. Let LaMarcus get some goddamn clock. He can play off that block. He can hit that little fadeaway. Oh, yeah. I mean, let, let Drummond do something besides I mean, just be a, 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 a somewhat of a rim protector. Five points last game. I mean, come on, bro. Like, yeah, two or four or five points for Drummond. As far, yeah. as, as, far as the Celtics, uh, Jason Tatum, five of 16, 19.6 rebounds, 10 assists, though. I thought he played well when it counted and played great defense. Block Kevin Durant again. Then Al Horford, 16.6 rebounds on six to 10 shooting and three of six from three was awesome. Again, he's been fantastic the first two games. Daniel Tice even had a solid game himself, in my opinion. 15 points, six rebounds on seven of nine shooting. So very efficient. Marcus Smart didn't have the best shooting game, but to say, I mean, he, his defense speaks volumes for itself. The defensive yeah, player yeah. of the year and well-deserved. Guarded yeah, Kyrie right. Irving the majority of the night. Yeah. 12 points. On three of nine shooting, one of six from three. So not his best shooting night. Five assists, though. 
And then Jalen Brown, I'd say, would you say, who was your player of the game? Jalen Brown had 22 points, four rebounds, and six assists, 10 of those in the fourth, nine of 18 from the field. What? Did, who was your player of the game? To be honest with you, I don't like to just look at a box score and just try to give my. Well, no, I mean, I'm not asking for the. I just, I was just saying the stats for the for the, for the people, but like, no, no, you're, 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 you're I was good. Wondering who you're from the from watching the game. I, I always judge from watching. True, from going off or uh, from watching the game from the uh, from the little bit that I did see because I didn't get the uh, to sit down and analyze it like I normally do. I'd probably go. I'd go either Peyton uh, Peyton Pritchard or JB because I just want to give those two those two their props because ten points off the bench or Pritchard. Man, I mean, Five seven. when this little dude, he comes in and it's almost like you don't expect him to hit the shot or he's taking a bad shot or why did he take that shot? And the shit goes in, you know what I'm saying? Almost every fucking time. And then now you can't you don't even have to say to yourself anymore. Why is he taking that shot? Because he'll probably make it. You know what I'm saying? Like that dude is cold blooded. My my guy was uh, Carson Edwards. Uh, we used to have in our roster. He came oh, yeah, from, from Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, I was a big Carson Edwards fan when Peyton came. Uh, what is it? Last season, he took a lot a lot of Carson's minutes. I was upset by that when they let Carson go in the off season. I thought it was a mistake. Peyton was not. I thought Carson was better than Peyton. I guess I was wrong. Because, I mean, this dude is showing his ass. And let's give JB his props. I got This is a JB shirt I got on right now, but I do not feel like turning around and showing you his name. JB is uh, – it shows you. What did we have what, – what were we missing last year in the, uh, in the playoffs? We were, missing, we were missing JB, Rob Will, and who was that other uh, starter? I think uh, – Fournier? Huh? Was it Fournier? No, Fournier played – it was another start. Yeah, I think it was man have been 48. We had three starters out last year when we pre- we played Brooklyn. And they, I mean, we got one game and then they beat us. So it's just like, you know, we have what we were missing last year. JT is not able to do everything he's he does if he doesn't have JB. That's all there is to it. I just want to say thank you to the Celtics organization for being smart. And not listening to these dumbasses out here who said that JB and JT can't play together. As we see right now, that is the dumbest thing ever. Yes, I've been watching Winning Time. It's amazing. And <laughs> all I can say is I love JB. Jalen Brown is going to be, uh, I think he's going to be an MVP in this league. And I think he's going to be a finals MVP one day. And I'm so glad that we still have him. That dude is amazing. So to me, players of the game, I would go with. It's hard to say uh, Peyton because he was just, you know, just in the late, late in the second half. But JB, player of the game for me. Shout out to Grant Williams as well. Four for four from the field, oh. three of three from three, six of six from the line, 17 points. Shot 100% from foul line three and free throw. That was and also improved. Also able to switch on everybody. 114 to 107 is the final score. The Celtics take a 2 nothing lead and put the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant in a must-win situation in Game 3 against the Jason tatum list team. By the way, tw- final stat of the night, 16 assists for the Nets, 27 for the Boston Celtics. And- what do you mean Jason tatum list team? What are you talking about? Uh, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum-led team. There you go. There it is. And oh, gotta say this too. Gotta give uh, like you said to Depoy, Marcus Smart, very deserving. Uh, Jimmy is better than and then Tatum. Okay, Heat ninety two. Stop Let's it. See about that. Stop it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know this. This. This is what I want. I'm. I'm past the Brooklyn shit because this is over, uh, and it will be over soon. What's up with this Heat? I'm ready. I'm ready for this. For this Heat talk. I'm ready for this Heat smoke. Uh, I. You know, white hot. 
uh, Heat Culture, you know, <laughs> you know, Pat Riley, uh, what is it? Stone, uh, what, what was it? Andy, uh, Andy, whatever. I forget the dude's name. The, the big dude who makes all the, makes a lot of the personnel decisions. I want that smoke. I want Mickey Arison and his son. I want all that shit. Like, dude, the Heat have nothing coming. I cannot wait for that beef. But major uh, shout out to uh, Marcus Smart. Um, I really, really love that dude. That dude took time out when I when I went to the game in Indy back in February. Uh, talked to Derek White. Talked to JB JT. This dude took time uh, time enough to uh, stop and take a picture with me. So I appreciate the depoy for doing that. That's my boy. Loved him since Oklahoma State. This ain't nothing new. I've always been behind him. And the major thing I want to say about uh, about JT about Marcus Smart is that. His, his progression as a basketball player has been amazing. His defense has always been there. But what was the biggest thing that he did in the last game? No, I'm sorry, in the first game. By passing that ball to fucking JT that. and not – everybody's talked about that and not shooting that shot because Old Smart would have shot that shot. So glad he didn't do it. Major, shot to, major uh, shout out to uh, Marcus Smart and J- Grant Williams. Love you, man. Your jumper is – Man, when you're in the corner and nobody's by you, it is super wet. And when people are by you, you can hit it now. I love your offense. I love your defense. You can play all five. Major shout out to Grant Williams. Love that dude. Well, let's let her. That was amazing. I mean, we went as in depth as possible. Did not think it would go this long, but thankfully for you guys, if you've stayed and watched the entire thing, you guys are awesome. If you just watched this Celtics part because you're a Celtics fan and clicked on the timestamp, Shout out to you as well. I'm going to put all the timestamps in for the video so everybody can listen to whatever series they want and not listen to what series they don't want to listen to. Let everybody know where they can find you, though, personally, before we close out tonight. 224 local time over there in St. Louis. It is, isn't it? Is it 224? I thought I was only going to get you for 45 minutes, but this was good, though. Thank you. Hey, in the future, though, we're going to obviously, it's going to be shorter because we'll probably only have one night of games to talk about. And hopefully, as teams get eliminated, we can chop off some of this fat. Only be right. two games a night at one point. Right. So two games will be easy. We can go 30, 45 minutes easy. No doubt. And, dude, like, I, yeah, I, again, I did not know we was going to do no two hours neither. But it's a lot of basketball we, we needed to cover. Yo, my name is Oda Great, O-T-H-A Great. You can find me uh, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, O-T-H-A Great. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's it. I hate, your, I hate nicknames, your nicknames are great. You rival me in that department. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Facebook, O-T-H-A. Great. That's me. High off the glass. High off the T-H-A glass. Uh, what is that? That is uh, on Twitter. It is the T-H-A underscore glass. On IG, it's high off the glass. Whole name of the show. On Facebook, whole name of the show. High off the glass. Yo, Who's last it? question before we get out. Who's yes, your sir. favorite player in terms of finishing high off the glass? Oh, uh, okay. Now, when you say my favorite player finishing high off the glass, and are we are we blowing or are we hooping? We can do both. <laughs> okay. Well, for 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 blowing, uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Hey, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard smoke. It's- yeah, I were. I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say yeah, but no. But I go for smoking high off the glass. I'd go uh, she. She was okay, my dude. Okay. Rashid she, she is a big uh, beast. I want to see him more as a uh, as a cannabis activist now because he should be as much as he uh, is a connoisseur. But I love she uh, shout out to him because I think he just got an assistant coaching job uh, somewhere. So he he for smoking <laughs> and for playing, too, because I love that dude. Uh, he'd be, be great in this era. Dude, he would, oh my god, he would kill right now. He would kill. And right now for somebody going high off the glass to get the board. I'm going Giannis because Giannis is. Uh, no, Giannis. Not, no, I'm talking about like like the touch off the glass, finishing off the like. You know what I'm saying? It's a oh, wait, wait, touch. 
Well, who's got the nicest you shit? JT? The JT. Jason Tatum? JT, like, okay, wait, wait. I'm trying to think, he, I'm trying to think of who had great touch off. Who, who's a great, I mean, I want to say Tim Duncan, but like, I, I'm thinking more like floaters. Kyrie, we, I, I, I know you don't like him, but Kyrie Irving has some insane high off the glass finishes. He does, but if, if we're talking just floaters, you got Tony Parker. Yeah, Tony, I would, but I would say Tony Parker's floaters weren't off the glass. They were more like runners in the lane. Yeah, yeah. He was see, the best ever at that that I've seen. When when I when I came up with the when I came up with the, the name of the show high off the glass, it was it kind of was for basketball, but it was also you know it was for smoking as well. But I really when I thought of the name, I thought of somebody reaching up trying to get a board. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even think oh, about okay. the, the smoking part right of it. Here, high off the glass, it makes me think of like finishing high off the glass. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about trying to grab a board, but yeah, to me, I I, I say like this to uh, I I'd go finishers in the league. And to me, I think the greatest finisher that I've ever seen in the NBA, probably at the basket. Um, Jordan? No, because because when I say when I say finisher, I don't mean like a, a someone who's just going to dunk on you and score. I just mean like someone who could finish at the at the glass over almost anybody, especially as a little man. That was Ivo. Like Ivo, was one, okay. yeah, he's one of the greatest. Yeah, he's one of the greatest uh, finishers in the in the paint ever. He there would definitely go. get high off the glass. There we go. <laughs> All right, oh. I'll catch you, my guy. Thanks yes, for joining. Yes, sir. Us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let me let us know what you thought in the comments, man. Shoot all the comments and make sure you subscribe Please. to his YouTube channel and follow his Twitter. Please, everyone, and good. I night. have the glasses everywhere. Check us out, y'all. Thank you, Dime. Yo, this was dope, man. Have yes, me sir. back after Game Three. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Hey, anytime, bro. I'm always down. And we'll yeah. be back. I'll be back tomorrow night for my regular recap um, after some games. Peace out. And well, I can't say go Clippers anymore. <laughs> yeah, I won't go say nothing. Go seize. There we go.